podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 379th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining me on the call, we have Andy Patterson and Ozzy Smith. Let's catch straight up with the boys straight off the bat, shall we? See how they're getting on. How are you, Andy? First of all, had a good week? Uh, I suppose so, mate. Like, I was buggered yesterday, like lack of sleep and stuff, uh, so I managed to catch up with that. Uh, all good. Couple of fights, I suppose. Couple of games of football. But uh, aye, just kind of like looking forward to kind of things getting back to kind of... Well, we're getting there, I suppose, but I uh, just want to get back to full normality, really. I mean, holiday, you know, I might go up the north of Scotland, nice wee beach up uh, up in the, the northeast there that I know of. Uh, get a caravan booked and stuff. Maybe love the gypsy lifestyle for a, a week or two. Who who knows? But whatever I'll do, I'll be enjoying it. Absolutely, Andy. Living the gypsy lifestyle like a fighting man. Just to remind you all, forgot at the top of the show, we go live on YouTube 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The Patreon OSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. You can listen to us during the week on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, as it's called these days, as I, as I was recently reminded, and Spotify as well. And don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice. We haven't had a few reviews in a while to read out throughout the, throughout the entire month of June. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Yes, Boxing's First in the chat. Give the video a thumbs up as well, or a thumbs down if you think we're shit. No problem at all. Boxing First is there. Mike Wigginer, Curly Watts, uh, just uh, over 17,000 in the chat at the moment. A marked improvement from last week. Tom Davis, Last King of Scotland, Lee the Alcoholic Frotch, Mark Boxio, Eggy Phil, just picking out the ones I can see here. Take Ames is there. Charles Lindner, John Fagan, John Wayne, Paul Raftery. Who else we got here? Matthew Russell. He's always in the chat with us as well. Tosh Bear Grills, Malone. Ozzy Smith, of course, is knocking about as well. Ozzy, how are you? How's this week been for you? Yeah, pretty steady, mate. Pretty steady. Um, I feel like a broke, well, yeah, broken record constantly on repeat. Every time you ask this question, things are getting better. We are getting more back to normal. Next, I think it's Saturday, is another big step in the right direction for England in particular. And um, we keep on going. Boxing's back. Um, obviously, Edwards announced his set of fights. It's um, well underway in Mexico, uh, the US, uh, with Bob Arum. So, yeah, we, we are getting back to some normality. What about you? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I'm keeping well. Still plugging on there. We've got the Super Featherweights coming up later. I know Chuck Wu's in the chat. He says, check out my 130 tournament. Was well, a good tournament, but as Ozzy will attest, Marcus Bellinger threw one in a few weeks back, which we will go in with. We will be going off tonight. You're looking forward to the 130 tournament, Oz? Yes, yeah, it should be a good one. It should be a good one. Very, very good list. So um, some difficult decisions that are going to have to be made in uh, in this, that's for sure. Yep, certainly will take aims. When is Jason going to jump on the call? He's welcome any time to jump on with us whenever he takes uh, an interest. Pavers here, Boxing Channel, Curly Watts, Teddy Boy, 94, Adam Saunders, Michael Angelo Quinones. Ooh, getting a bit exotic here for a Sunday evening, Stacey King as well. Okay, let's move on, have a look at the fights. I'll give you a pick and choose, Andy. You can go whatever you want to. Ryan Martin getting a sixth-round retirement win over Carlos Winston Velasquez. You might remember Martin beating, uh, losing to Josh Taylor. I think he was a bit insipid that night, wasn't it? It wasn't the greatest performance from Martin, who I thought was pretty talented. That was the 27th of June. Uh, Miguel Bichelt, uh, it didn't seem to have been sanctioned here. No commission present over in Mexico due to COVID-19 restrictions. Mexico City's professional sport is still halted by the local gov government, according to BoxRec, but Bob Arum did a card over there anyway. The Maloney brothers were in action during the week as well. Jason Maloney getting a seventh round retirement victory over Leonardo 
Baez, Abraham Nova beating Avery Sparrow, Andrew Maloney losing, upset, a bit of an upset there to Joshua Franco, Christopher Diaz beating Jason Sanchez. Maybe some more, Andy, that you've got on the list. Uh, Gabriel Flores, don't know if we mentioned him. Wasn't the greatest performance against Jose Ruiz, but I did enjoy David Cominci against Clay Collard. You can talk about all of that, none of it or some of it, Andy. Yeah, I, I know you did a bit about Clay Collard and that, mate. I um, didn't catch it. I was absolutely shocked at the Andrew Maloney result, though, um, against Joshua Franco. Very, very tough fight. Um, Maloney just, I just don't think he had the rule, he had the pop to try and turn the fight on its head when he really needed it actually because I think in the end when you look at his face and stuff and then if you look at what Ben Damon, Damon was saying from uh, for Australia, he's like a big uh, commentator and boxing over there like Fox Sports and stuff, he was saying that Maloney ended up with two perforated eardrums, a broken nose, stitches inside the mouth plus one over the eye. He still finished the fight, so uh, yeah, very, very tough performance, but uh, in the end, just purely outgunned. His brother had better, a better uh, better performance, actually. Both kind of like his fights, kind of similar styles, but uh, just Jason finally kind of wore down Baez in the end. Uh, Burchell, he, looked like he put a bit of a beating on that kid, actually. Um, forget his name at the minute, but um, I don't even know if that will do as official result because of the non-commission result, but I dare say it will get ratified at some point. Um, Disappointment as well, mate, as well. Uh, Brancic against uh, Zepeda. Yeah. Called off. That's a bit of a pisser. A few of the more decent fights that Bob has got on the schedule have disappeared. I know that uh, Le Pierre was supposed to fight somebody whose name is completely, uh, I think it was, was it Jose Pedraza maybe? And uh, I'm not saying Le Pierre is the greatest fighter in the world, but I was looking forward to that. I was definitely looking forward to Baranchik fight. So I suppose that's just the nature of the beast at the moment. Yeah. I tell you, I found something real interesting actually. I don't know if it was the Jason Maloney card, but there was a fighter on there, Orlando Gonzalez against the, was it Orlando Gonzalez Ruiz over. Luis Porozo, some some idiot put down like a hundred, almost two hundred thousand dollars on that fight. So I bet on it just to win fourteen thousand or fifteen thousand dollars. But that's just insane. So the dude needs to relax a little bit, you know. I know it's just I know the bookies just opened up and the, and the MGM Grands opened back up now. But come on, mate, just chill, you know, smoke a joint. Yeah, Zepeda's branch has been iced. Uh, Alvarez against Joe Smith as well. Andy's been axed Aye, as well. That, that, that could right. have been pretty decent because Smith, to be fair, despite his limitations, always brings it. I think we mentioned that fight in the chat this other night there, actually. Um, you know, it was a good chance that fight would have probably ended up by somebody getting knocked out. Um, probably Joe Smith, maybe. But uh, kids always in decent fights, honest pro. And Alvarez is always kind of like in and around about kind of contention and stuff. So, yeah, it's just a bit of a pisser, actually. Um, Anything else took you interest? Well, obviously, we've got Eddie Hearn's cards uh, being, being, being mentioned a lot. Was he maybe kind of segueing it if he wants to mention it? But uh, I actually didn't realise until I seen somebody comment that actually that he's actually had to cheat to put one of them on pay per view, which in these times, come on, Eddie. I mean, fucking hell, pay per view. Um, I don't even think Bob Armand would want to put fight pay per view at this point in time, but no, Eddie, Eddie's wanting to be the trailblazer, I suppose. Absolutely. Yes, after we've had our first guest on around the 20 past, 25 past 8, Mark, I'm going to bring up all four of Eddie's cards and we should go through them uh, in minute detail. I think, Ozzy, anything that you've seen over the last few days, let me know. I know I, I know you like me, you haven't seen the Miguel Bichelt fight, but apparently they're talking about putting Bichelt in with Oscar Valdez now, which seems like a bit of um, loser gets out of town. Maybe Bob's starting to, he's seen Valdez's limitations, possibly I'd say Bichelt maybe has further to go. Yeah, interesting. Um, would definitely welcome that. Uh, it amused me actually that um, every result on that Mexican card is just down as a 
a no contest and it says in the notes that boxing is basically banned in Mexico because of the virus but then they somehow managed to get a show on get everybody in the ring and then essentially just the results are null and void uh, I haven't seen that again it was against some absolute no mark however I'll happily accept these no mark fights if your next one's going to be against like an Oscar Valdez yeah Valdez may have his limitations but what a fight that'll be Birchel, Birchel Valdez it's certainly not. It's certainly going to be one for uh, the neutral, and it could be an absolute tear up. Uh, I saw bits of the Maloney, um, both Maloney fights. Uh, agree with Andy. R really shocked at the uh, the Joshua Franco upset, but Andy did say I'll give him credit for this that pre um, pre on the call last week. He looked at Franco's record, um, did a bit of research and said that it could well be a difficult fight for Maloney. However, he did expect the champion to, uh, to come out and win. Um, Maloney took a right beating, didn't he? I think was it was a couple of perforated eardrums, broken nose. Took his um, lumps, to be fair, didn't he? Oh, you, you, see, you should see the picture of him, mate. But he put a picture of it. He's not as bad as John Murray post-Rios, but it's like something along those lines. Both black eyes as well, like. Yeah. Yeah, so he's uh, obviously he's, he's had a bit of time out. He's certainly got to have some time out of the ring now, rest up, recover, uh, go back to the drawing board. No doubt the rematch is definitely going to be made. Uh, but I think the key is don't rush into it. Uh, you, you can see, you know, you immediately rush back into these rematches and it doesn't always work out. Uh, it's key to rest up, you know, get yourself fit because recovering from, you know, like perforated eardrums, broken bones and things like that, it does take time. Uh, so, yeah, so it, like I said, we said at the top, it's slowly starting to come back boxing. Uh, more shows are being announced. Uh, real killer about the Zapeda branching fight. We, we give it the kiss of the death last week. Said it's probably one of the best fights being made. And it falls through, which is just typical. But they are hopeful that they can reschedule it for the end of July, which isn't the worst. So uh, if we can see that and it's just delayed by what? A month then is certainly something to look forward to at the end of the month yes we shall look forward to that we're trying to work out when one of the fights has been rescheduled for i can't remember if it's the 7th of july or the 14th of july but we'll we'll no doubt find out a question for andy coming in here from joe kennedy friend of the pod over on patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum joe andy says looks like jason maloney uh, will be fed to naoa inue next would you give him any chance against the monster No, so I was talking about so I was mute. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, no, no way. I mean, he's a decent fighter, uh, Maloney, but he's a level. Well, I said maybe maybe two levels below anyway at this point. Who's I says? I mean, what he's been doing in the last year, eighteen months, two years, that just blast everybody away. And that I says Jason's just like Andrew. He's just he hasn't got the power. Good operator, I must admit. He could be a slow starter, but um, you need that power, man. You're gonna have to use something. You need something to. To outgun anyway, and end of the day, he could last a distance. He could he could take a beating. You know, you just don't know. But um, to detriment his career and stuff like, that, yeah, man, he would he would at some point we need to yield at some point. I think or a mercy stoppage at some point. I I I would say that he would last less than seven rounds. 
There you go, Joe. Not much hope. I said it myself. I don't think he would last too long, but he would. I think the Maloney's are tough, but I don't really rate them skill-wise. They will give their all, but Inoue, he's a different beast. Although you never know after that Donair fight, he might have taken a little bit out of him. Who knows? Okay, Ozzy, question for you coming in from Holt. I don't know if it's so much a, a question as a comment. He's bringing up the ghost of Joe Gallagher. I haven't been hearing much from Joe lately, unfortunately. He will maybe be turning up in a corner near <laughs> you soon with, with the, the match room. Uh, back garden show coming on. Holt says, I don't know why Gallagher always, his fighters don the earmuffs and just go head hunting. It always falls short at world level, naturally. Gallagher always being in the corner to Murray in his final fight with Crawler stings bad. So he's talking about Joe Gallagher in general and the style, the stylistic thing. Why does he, I mean, we obviously know the main one. We all saw it was Quig being unable to adapt at any point against Frampton, just marching forward. Why do they always go for the, yeah. the earmuffs in fights, Moba? Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, we've seen it adapted quite a bit. It's somewhat a relatively slow start, and then they look to, you know, work their way into the fight after six rounds. I know uh, Liam Smith adopted the same approach against Canelo, work your way into the fight and then look to, you know, try and take over later down the line. Look, look it's his style, and it, and it will work to a certain level. And you, you've got to applaud, you know, he has achieved quite a bit with, you know, the level of fighters that he's had. Uh, you, you have got to applaud that, but one style will only get you so far. And as we say, the the fight, um, the fight with uh, Quig and Frampton summed it up. There was just no adaptation. Uh, he looked relatively clueless in the ring. I also think he's got a bit of um, he he's got a couple of tendencies from where he refuses to throw in the towel. Uh, one for me, a glaring one was at Quig against John O'Carroll. While Carroll, you know, was not, he's, you know, he's not a big puncher, but Quigg was just taking a sustained beating. Uh, another one was Marcus Morrison against Jason Wellborn. Again, it was a sustained beating and he just refused to throw in the towel. So he certainly got his limitations as a trainer. However, he has achieved, um, look, he's won world titles. So you've got to applaud that. Thanks very much, Ozzy. Delighted to welcome our first guest of the evening on the call. It's Chris Jenkins. How are you, Chris? Am I right, mate? How's things on end? Not too bad. We're getting through. How's the lockdown been treating you? Um, it's it's not. It's, it's starting to become a little bit of an amount, you know. But you know, I went again the gym, but the restrictions are a bit um a bit tough for me to be able to drive to Cardiff. So at the moment, I'm just locked down in the house. Um, camera runs in a couple of times a week and trying to do a bag session at the back if the weather's not raining. So. Has it, it been hard worries. to make? Has it been hard to maintain focus mentally as well as physically? Um, no, not really, because I know I know what I got. I, I know what I got inside me, like upstairs, what I want to achieve, and has to win the British belt outright. Um, but I don't, because I got the children and stuff, and they've been off school. We've just been doing things with them, off nice walks and stuff. So my mind's been enjoying the respite, but. The back of mind, I want to get back in the gym and just defend these belts. Absolutely, Frank Warren has announced uh, his first batch of shows. Have you had any any yeah. word on a return when you can get back in the gym? Um, well, it's all the lockdown, isn't it? I mean, Wales, uh, we're a bit uh, we're a bit behind the English, um, England, and all the, the some gyms are back open up there. Uh, but where we stand, our gyms currently still closed. So. We just got to wait, really, until um, the government do an announcement yet again. 
Absolutely. There's been big talk of a fight with uh, Conor Ben. Do you welcome that fight? Any thoughts on the fact it's not happening yet? Uh, most definitely. That's the fight I want. Um, when Johnny announced his retirement, uh, there was talks about going for a volley again. But the name was brought up Ben against you. When I said, look, I want to fight Ben. Um, and that's, that's my next fight. That's the person I want to fight next. What did you think about Johnny retiring? I was gutted because the first fight we had was the top fights that's been over last year. Um, but I haven't, I haven't spoken to him because we keep in touch, even though we punch lamps to each other in the ring. Um, he's a family man, I'm a family man, and he was telling me the reasons why. And you know, you can fully understand if you can't commit full time to the gym, he has to work these 12 hour shifts. You know, he, he loses sponsors. He had to do it, and I wish him well in the future for whatever he does. Yeah, you obviously punched lumps out of each other beginning of 2019. How big was that win for you at the time? Uh, to be honest with you, I think it would have been oof, August 2018. Wrong, but then I boxed a kid called Ara Foley, I think it was wrong then, uh, maybe later on. And I got cut. I was going to quit. And my gloves up, spoke to Gary about it. And he said, he's dead. Just, go, just listen to me now. Give yourself six to eight months to, to a year. Um, you know, you'll have your shot. And, you know, when I won it, and he said, and the new, you know, the emotions just went crazy through me. Uh, me and my wife were both crying because you've got so much ups and downs in the boxing, out of boxing, with your friends taking their own lives and stuff. Mm. Um, it was really nice just to, you know, we've done it. Yeah, you mentioned the ups and downs. Do you think you've been a bit, a bit unlucky at times, especially with cuts? Most definitely. Um, you know, if you look at my fights that I've actually lost, uh, I lost against the key menace Brown, where it was a nip-tuck fight and a head clash on in the fourth round where they should have really stopped it. They left to go on to the next round and then they stopped it. You know, um, it is what it is. I, I'm prone to getting cut. Uh, people are saying I'm like the Ricky Arden because I get cut so, so much, but when you look at it, I'm getting cut by head clashes, not by punches. So there's nothing I can really do about it, but I'm trying to protect myself a little bit more. Absolutely. Tell us about the fight in the Falls Park with Paddy Gallagher. Again, it ended and maybe, you know, a little bit earlier than it should have done. Yeah. Um, well, well, first of all, what an event it was. Um, I got there and we got there and I said, I'm fighting outside that. And he goes, yes, yeah, this is a massive, massive thing out here. Um, it's just, it's a, it was just, I was just speechless, you know, but I had, um, I knew what I had to do. I went out for a song and he walks around to a job and I thought, whoa, I just boxed this guy's head off now. Um, started doing well, one first, second, the third, fourth round, then the night clash went in and I thought, ah, oh, here we go. Went back to the corner, um, God just, I said, Carly said, whoa, you're cut, get on, we've been cut before. Um, same again, round five. He dropped me. I think it was round six. With a nice body shot. Uh, and I didn't see it coming. I looked down at Gary and I just laughed at him. said, that was a good shot, wasn't it? And Gary said, oh, concentrate. And I said, I'm all right. Um, and Sam was going good. And then and I'd clash one in again in the eighth. And I, I knew I won the fight. I knew I was up on points. I thought I'd give it probably another three or four, four points. But at the end of the day, I went out there. I defended my belt, I picked up a combat title. 
even though we're stopped in ninth round, um, no, I'm pleased with my performance. Yeah, you mentioned it being outside. I was there. Thankfully, the weather held up that night. How do you prepare differently for fighting outside? What are the little nuances, you know, that are different from normally fighting inside a leisure centre or whatever? Um, to me, I didn't really notice when, as soon as I get in between the ropes, you just change, um, you know, you could be boxing on the top of the state building, you know, when in the ring, that's what you used to. So, yeah, it was a bit odd, but as soon as the first punch landed, it, um, it was all right, but there's one thing, you know, I can look back and show my kids and all that, like, look at this place, I boxing, there was like 10,000 people there, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a good night. So tell us about Gary Lockett. You mentioned their training with Gary. How did you find it? Um, well, um, I knew Gary when I, when I was pro. Um, I was going uh, sparring with Gavin Reese back in, when he was in uh, or San Tristan gym. I think he was in a different gym. Mm. Um, and I was up there and I, I was already pro. I was sparring with um, oh, Gavin Reese. And I do rounds you know, just learning. And he used to tell me then, even though he was my kid, or wasn't my coach, he used to say, look, stop getting involved in the fight. Just box, just box, little things like that. Um, cut, the, cut the long story short, I lost against Nurse. And then I needed a change because the team had around me and weren't, I wasn't confident in they were arguing between themselves. So I moved to Gary's and, you know, Gary's, Gary's a wealth of knowledge here in outside boxing and, you know, it's the best move I've done. Yeah, yeah, Gary's, Gary's definitely a good guy. Uh, Richie Garner's thrown in a question for you. I'm sure you know Richie. Ah. He said, tell us about the time you went to his mate for a deep tissue massage. Richie, yeah, he sent me to say, I, I had um, a big ass. Like, it sounds funny, but I don't know what was going on. I couldn't walk. So me being me, I phoned Richie. So I, I phoned Richie. said, oh, big man. I want, so he started off for me. I went there. Um, he's a gymnastics um, physiotherapist or whatever he is. He's really high up. Um, anyway, we get there. I said, okay, this looks lovely. So I jumped in the hot tub for 20 minutes. Next, next thing you know, they said, he gets me on the table, straight with the elbows, and I think I was kicking, screaming. I wish I took my gum <laughs> shoes to bite down, but you know, within a day later, I was back, back training full time. So, yeah, I'm grateful for the for that. Absolutely. Final few questions for you. Any social media presence, Chris? Yeah, I'm on um, Twitter at, at, at Chris Rogan. Um, I've got a... Oh, what have I got? I've got a team on our page on Facebook. I've got money to um, share the account with my wife. Um, I think it's Helen Christian, isn't I'm sure. But yeah, look, I, try, I try keeping busy on social media, but sometimes I'm just too busy with the kids and stuff. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, shout out to Mo Pryor as well. He's done a lot of things for you. I be, I'd be honest with you, Mo saved my career. Um, you know, I was, I was, people have seen he's washed up. Um, I think I took fights when, when Mo, where Gary was looking after me then. He was my manager, coach. Um, but, you know, Gary was doing his best, but, you know, things were happening, but they weren't happening good. And, you know, the way he went did it too. So then, um, something happened, he got in contact with Mo. Mo had one or two fighters through Gary at the time, and Mo goes, I'd love, you know, take Chris on. And just look where we are now. Um, he's, he's not only, he's helped me out now with this pandemic, where as fighters have lost sponsors, etc., etc. Um, You know, he's helped me out financially as well. So I can't, 
I can't thank a man enough. He is really, um, sometimes he's, he's too nice and people take advantage of him, but you know, I'm, I'm just ever so grateful. He's, he's, just, he's just a down to earth guy and he's doing the best for Welsh boxers as well, not just for myself, but he's bringing shows to Wales. He's got a number of fighters on the box that's from Wales and he's keeping them busy. Yeah, well said, well done. Um, one of our listeners, Sam Chatwin, friend of the pod, sent in a question for you, Chris. He said, what was it like competing in Prize Fighter, and would you like to see it brought back? Oh, man, um, Prize Fighter was, oh, 2013, uh, Royal Albert, I don't know, in the, uh, what's the Yeah, um, one event, uh, I think I waited in an Eddie Holmes match with HQ, and then we got there to the venue and I was like, whoa, this is, this is it's historic, isn't it? Mm. Um, we got in there and I was fighting the favourite, uh, Tony Owen, pushing out there and just, just went at him and I thought, well, I won that. But it was like the hottest day of the year, I think it was like 30 degrees. So we were out the back and I was having a nice crawl over me. I boxed the second fight then against a strong fella, I can't remember his name now. Then I stopped the guy in the final and I was like, whoa, I've arrived. But, you know, that, it, it's like I said, you know, I arrived then and then I kind of went to the British and this and that and then I disappeared back again now. So this is kind of what you can say, my final chapter, but, you know, that's always going to be my memory. I think I'm the third Welshman to win the prize fight as well, so a great honour as well. Yeah, absolutely. Great achievement. So when the crowds are back then, is the dream to maybe co-headline with Liam Williams, get a fight back in Wales? Most definitely, you know, we seen with um, Frank myself. I do not. I think there's a number of fighters then that could possibly come on the show. But you know, Liam Williams is verging onto a world title now, and I think he can do it. And you've also got Alexi J. Harris as well. He just fought for a world title as well. So the, the talent in Wales, like I know my level, I'm British European level. I'm not going to win a world title. I'm an honest man, and I'm a man who lives by the truth. But You've got Liam Williams would be fantastic to be on the card as him. I wouldn't say co-headline, I think he'd be the headline and I'd be the one underneath. But <laughs> <laughs> I bet that would be a great honour to fight in the same card as him, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, one of the guys in, from the chat has thrown in a question for you. He said, uh, what about the future for Joe Cordina, a fellow Welshman? To be honest, he's, he's doing everything he has to do, isn't he? Um, he's won... British, he's won some intercontinental titles, he's undefeated, he's moved down the weight now, so really it's all up to him, he's got a, um, a great stable, he's in with um, Tony Sims up in the matchroom, he's signed with Eddie Hearn, um, he's a talent as well and he keeps working, I can't I can't see why he can't come world champion either. Well said, uh, thanks for joining us Chris, I do appreciate it and best of luck going forward now. No worries at all, thanks for your time. Eh? All the best sir, thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Chris Jenkins there. Yeah, I was at the fight in Belfast against Paddy Gallagher. I felt sorry for Paddy because he seems to be someone who just can't get a break. But Jenkins himself, sort of in that category as well. I, I forgot to mention the Liam Taylor fight. Um, you know, there's a lot of TDs along the record there, Aussie, of old uh, Chris Jenkins. Oh, mate. He, he said it himself. It, it's cuts that, you know, ruin. Not necessarily ruin, but they, 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 can, they, they knock you back, don't they? I mean... Uh, he boxed that Aussie guy on that M MTK show up in Glasgow, that Dara Foley, uh, and he was winning. He would, I mean, it would look you three rounds in, but he was, I, I think, I had him pretty. He was well in that fight, and then both, um, I think it was in the late in the second, 
big, big cut, and and that's waved off. Yeah, you, Akeem Ennis Brown, and it's one of them that as soon as it, you know, it surpasses your four rounds, a results then determined. And I'm not always sure on that rule because, you know, as we say, you know, people warm into fights. It, it can be very even. It just depends how the judges see it. But no, uh, fingers crossed, he gets his opportunity. Uh, the Conor Ben fight is a big one for him. Uh, I, I, I think. Ben's style is perfect for Jenkins. If Jenkins sticks to his boxing, the, the guy can fight, um, he can box, he's got very good skills. And someone like Ben, who, you know, is not the greatest of boxers and likes, you know, a bit of a tear up type of thing. Um, I, I always revert back to the. Do you remember when Sam Eggington, um, Bradley Skeet beat Sam Eggington in Birmingham? And it was very much, you know, boxer against brawler. Yeah. And a boxer came out. Well on top, Skeet made. You know, it was just, it was, it was easy for him. And I would see the same going for Jenkins as well. Uh, it's obviously not going to happen uh, imminently. Uh, the mandatory is not being called. Um, from what I know, basically, Frank Warren uh, and Queensbury want the fight to happen uh, on their terms. Uh, so it's obviously going to go to purse bids. And then look, it's a punt, but they'll want to give Jenkins home advantage. Uh, and, and why not? Look, he's a British champion, so why not back him? Um, certainly a good fight. You know, Jenkins could maybe headline in Wales if Williams goes off to, you know, America to fight Andre for the uh, for the world title. Uh, but no, uh, fingers crossed, you know, he finally gets that run of luck that, you know, he somewhat deserves. Um, as you say, hopefully no more cuts and you can get that. I also liked his last comment as well. He, he's a bit of a realist. He understands that, you know, he's not, He's not going to come out and say, I want to win world titles because he understands that probably it's not his level. But a European title, that's well within his reach. Yes, certainly is. A few guys in the chat asking where so-and-so is and so-and-so. It's a good question, actually. Hopefully we can stir up a few more members as the weeks go on. Getting a bit thinned and where the Yanks are hanging out these days. Donnie's going for office. Hey to Dave off shooting things. Gabe? Gabe comes in fits and starts. He'll have a few weeks in a row and then he disappears. Yeah, Tommy's got his hands full now in every respect, I suppose. Yeah, come on, boys, join us whenever you get the chance. Andy, question for you, flying in from Patreon from our friend Declan Graffin, who sometimes hangs around in the chat. I haven't seen Declan for a while, actually. Hope he's keeping well. He says, in the light of the next rumoured opponent for Terence Crawford, Patrick Texera, can Andy discuss what he has got to do in order to get the big fights? I'm one of Crawford's biggest fans and consider him the number one welterweight, but there has been too many Texeras for my liking. And resigning with Top Rank last year, see re-signing, sorry, with Top Rank last year seemed a very strange move, all things considered. Everybody knows my views on Crawford, no detriment towards the guy. I think he's a fantastic fighter, but he needs the big fights, Andy ASAP. Um, as well, as far as I was aware, that fight wasn't uh, getting made. That was like an offer for Texera for Crawford to go up and wait to one fifty four. I think it was. Um, and I'm sure Texera's got a mandatory defence to make against Castano, so I don't know how that's going to work out politically. So, um, as, as for the resigning uh, with Bob and that, I mean, yeah, I, I take the point at this point. I mean, Crawford could probably go up himself and that, but does he really want the hassle at this point? Um. I don't know, man. I mean, at the end of the day, he, his business is, is at 147. This is the go up to 154. Um, I've got no notion to see it. I want to see uh, Crawford maybe fight, like, say, Pacquiao, if, if, if possible. Maybe Virgil Ortiz. If, 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 I mean, that's one of, the Oscars, one of the Oscars' best fighters, isn't it, at this point, or best prospects. Um, he's got a fake belt. 
and then we can just wait and see and see how Spence gets on with his uh, comeback fight. Um, we'll find out pretty quickly if he's if he's off a cliff or if he's kind of like still somewhat kind of relevant to the division. But yeah, if um, at this point I want to see Crawford stay where he is. To my knowledge, at least that Texera was a uh, fight was an offer. Uh, Again, a suggestive offer by Texera. If I've missed anything that that, that offer's legit, then I've missed that, unfortunately. But uh, I didn't see Clover come to 154 at this point. Yeah, someone was mentioned that they were trying to line up that Santillon at one point, who had a fight recently with... Um, oh, God, I must have early onset of Alzheimer's. Uh, who was it he fought? Uh, Antonio DiMarco on one of the recent cards. But by the looks of that guy, I don't think they'd be feeding him anytime soon. Uh, Joe Kennedy, Andy, followed that up and said Texera is not a bad fighter, was looking forward to the Castaño fight, which I was mm. as well, would be a fourth title in different weight classes, so could I I could see the appeal better than Kell Brook anyway. I think it's a shame what's happened to Castaño after he fought Erislandi Lara. I thought that was an excellent technical fight. He seems to have fallen off the radar. Yeah, uh, another fighter with, well, I suppose a limited window as well because of his, uh, he's got a big amateur background in that as well. Texera's no any younger either, actually, as well. Um, what was his last fight? Carlos Sotme fought. Was pretty uh, Adames, wasn't it, I think? Because Carlos Adames, pretty entertaining fight, I think it was for, for memory, anyway. Um, as I say, Castaño, um, in my opinion, I think he had a fight in France. It ended up a draw of some sort. Was it, was it Nandam? I forget who it was at this point. But anyway, he got hosed in the car, so really, it's, technically speaking, he should be a kid who actually should have a world title. Run about at the minute. Uh, Sorrow. Was it Sorrow? Was it one of the WBA trinkets? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think you're right, mate, because they refused yeah. to go, he refused to have a rematch until there was he wanted certain clauses put in place and stuff. And it was something to do with the weight as well, I think. Yeah, you're pretty right with that one, actually. Sorry, no, Castano won in uh, France. I'm just looking now. He beat, he beat he, he won. Split. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So split decision, right? But anyway, a rematch was meant to happen, and there was some sort of dispute and debate and stuff. And then obviously, who's it he drew? Was it was it Lara? Yep, that was a draw. That was that April was a... 2019, I think. Right, he's really he's been on the shelf since then. I he think, fought, yeah. didn't he fight Wally Armatoso or somebody like that? You know, one of those gatekeeper types recently, I think. Correct, mate. Yes, yeah, so he, he boxed him in late November. There you go. Uh, in the fifth. That was for the vacant, just for a, a WBO bauble belt. But yeah, the Lara fight were the cards were. I mean, the cards looked fair. I mean, one fourteen, one fourteen, yeah, uh, one fourteen, one fifteen to Lara, and the same card, but in favour of uh, Castano as well. That'd be a decent rematch. That I don't know why they didn't make it. Yeah, yeah, better I'll... than them both sitting on their hands. Of course, cool. yeah. Texera was really the fight we wanted to see happen anyway, mate. At 154 and that, I mean, obviously there was fights, you know, we had, you had Harrison against Charlo was the one to look forward to. Lubin's got himself back at contention. Julian Williams got iced off, was it Rosario, I think it was? Lara's come at the end and stuff. So you were looking for, like, opponents and fights to happen. Tim Zoo's fighting Jeff Horn, I mentioned that last week. Um, Madrimov making, making a wee bit of headway. Fowler's got himself ranked at uh, WBO level in the top 15. Uh, but as I say, Castaño against Texera was one of the, the fights that we're kind of looking forward to. And obviously at this point as well, uh, Rosario holds probably the upset of the year so far and knockout of the year as well. 
Uh, we had something coming on just before we bring up guest number two from Ryan Deal. I think he's taking the piss here, which I'm not happy about. He said, how many pay-per-view sales do, does Povetkin versus Dave Allen in Eddie's Garden do? Who's the commercial A-side? I th- he's, he's getting a bit annoyed, I think, Ryan, because he went on to say, also, now the sport is back on. How long will it be until the next Povetkin pay-per-view? <laughs> Obviously, he, he never preempted what was going to happen. He's fed up of Povetkin getting pay-per-view slots and Dave Allen getting big title fights as well. Well... Big it's baby Miller. We'll, do, we'll talk about that punk after. What do you think then, Ozzy? What about Povetkin and Big Dave getting it? Dave hasn't got a shot on the on the big garden show yet, has he? I don't think. No, no. From what I was told, they were trying to line up Huey Fury against Allen for the um for that white uh, Povetkin card. But apparently Allen's um cash demands were just too unrealistic talking like hefty six figures that he wanted and it was just laughed off basically just just not doable uh particularly you know with no crowd um already you know probably an expensive main event to put on uh, i understand it is on pay-per-view so no um no it's probably one of the first that we won't see uh, mr allen on there and alexander povetkin is wheeled out yet again um should be the last time, unless he can go and beat Dillian White, then no doubt we'll definitely see him again, whether it be a rematch or uh, wheeled out for somebody else. But no, there's every chance this may well be the last time we see a Povetkin headline a UK uh, pay-per-view. Yeah, he's not far away from his 41st birthday, old uh, Povetkin. Sean Edwards is looking on. I'll get you on shortly, Sean. I'm going to ring our guest in a minute. Just as I do so, Andy, you come in on the matchroom fight camp. Just like Frank Warren shows, I think there's some pretty decent fights. There's some ship fights. There's definitely stuff I'm looking forward to. Saturday, the 1st of August, you can start uh, by riffing on the very first card. We'll go through them in order. Sam Eggington headlining against Ted Cheeseman for the IBF International Super Welterweight title. That's a bullshit title. It'd be, it might be a decent scrap, though, between two phase four guys. Uh, James Tennyson going in for the vacant British against Gavin Gwynn. Don't know a lot about Gwynn. Tennyson can obviously punch. Jordan Gill against Reese Bellotti might be a decent one. Bellotti's a little bit tainted, but Gill, I think he had an off night, didn't he, when he, ever, he had the shits? Um, but he should put up a decent fight against Bellotti. Fabio Wardley, see what he's made of. And Simon Valili, not really that sure about Valili being up at heavyweight. And undefeated Dalton Smith going against Nathan Bennett. Don't know anything about those two guys. Let us know what you think, Andy, on that first one. Uh, Eggington Cheeseman should be what we think it's going to be, uh, blood and guts. Um, I think it will be you know, a type of chest action fight. Um, Valili, that's the cruiserweight, isn't it? Um, he got smashed up in his last fight. But a shock, was it, no? Um, He's up at heavyweight now, isn't he? So yeah. He was a cruiser and apparently he was tight at the weight. So he's decided, you know, to make the step up. Good fight, though. I like it. English yeah. title. Solid English title fight. I don't know what else you'd expect, really, for that. Uh, Terence, I think, is Gwyn. Um, yeah, British title. That's kind of, you know, fights we're kind of looking at and stuff like that. Gil Belotti. Um, yeah, um, I, I may kind of like to so want to kind of like chat on about a, a pay-per-view card. Now, obviously, because you've got Taylor headlining it without an opponent. He's putting the pressure on Serrano, but contract's been signed. Taylor's now tweeting it as well. White, Povetkin, obviously, I mean, if, if you're having to bring in Povetkin, White's having to get pacified because he's not getting title shots, so you need to get some money in. Um, but Coley Kuzman, um, I, I know he's a quite confident that um, that Kuzman's going to get get beat here. I know you are, Ozzy, at least, but um, you yeah. never know, actually. You never know. Um, considering that Bacoli wanted to get pulled out 
uh, one fight previously. You know, he's, he's shown that you know there could be there could be some wilt in them there. So um, if Kuzma can kind of keep it deep, you know, deep weather. Um, we'll see what happens. Clay against Congo, I think that might be a decent fight as well. Luther Clay. Yeah, I would agree. I thought I don't know if it's literally because it's Billy Nelson, basically, but I'm real. I, I don't rate Kuzmin. Um, David Price was well in that fight before he tore his pec. Um, he buzzed Kuzmin. I think I did two rounds apiece. Um, but we'll bring Steve in and then we'll talk about the rest of the cards and the pay-per-view again once we've had the next guest. Thank you very much, Ozzy. Delighted to welcome Luke Pierce on the call. How are you, Luke? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Absolutely fine. We can hear you loud and clear. The guys were just talking there, Luke, actually, about some of the fights that have been announced over the, the upcoming weeks. Matchroom have obviously announced four cards. Frank Warren's announced a few as well. Anything that sticks out to you? Well, um, the one that sticks out to me is um, Gavin Gwynn versus um, James Tennyson. We just, me we just mentioned that, actually, and I was saying I don't know a lot about Gavin. I suppose you do. Well, I know he's a great person. He's also a great fighter. I, I watched him in his um, British time up title eliminator, and I was really impressed with him then. I thought he had a great engine. He came on really strong, and he, and he showed great um, grit and determination, especially after losing the first couple of rounds. So I was very impressed with him. But um, as a team, um, that's the goal. We, we want to win the Lonsdale belt and, and one day hopefully we'll get the opportunity to, to fight for it as Gavin is now. But we wish him all the best and he's a great fighter. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be tough against James Tennyson. He's obviously fought at world level and he can punch as well. Oh, yeah, massive puncher. You know, he, he proved that against Craig Evans, didn't he? Um, and, he and he is a world, you know, world win. He's, he's in there, he's quick. And if you can't survive the intensity, you know, you've got to have real good durability and good boxing boxing skills to keep him off and, and you need a punch really don't you so it is it is a big ask but again you know we always want to support um, the Welsh fighters you know that are in these um, fights and, and yeah good luck to him Absolutely just before we go to matters closer to home any views on the big pay-per-view that was announced um, Dillian White against Povetkin or maybe about Dillian White's plight quote-unquote overall trying to get a shot at the WBC title Well I can understand why Dillian White um, going about it you know, he's trying to create waves. He, he wants that shot, doesn't he, against Tyson Fury? And, and I don't blame him. And, and, he's, and he's probably doing that because, do you know what, they'll have to pay him off. Um, you know, so he, he's probably making waves in that way. But in terms of Povetkin, um, I think he should have should have the edge on Povetkin, in my opinion, even though I think it's a great fight. But again, Dylan White, you know, he's fighting the who's who, isn't he, at the heavyweight division. And that's only going to help him when he does eventually get back there for, for um, you know, a shot that the shot that is. Absolutely. Um, so, how did you get involved in boxing, Luke? Tell us about Newport's Rocky. Right. So, um, uh, it's, it's a twenty-year journey for me, really. Um, my uncle um, David Bobapier passed away in the year two thousand. Um, really devastating. I, I was in the Welsh Guards at the time. Um, I knew all my father and his brothers had been boxers, and they were all professional. But um, yeah, when David died, it had a massive impact on me, and I went to the library. And I tried to find the information about him, and they only had one picture. Um, and I was devastated. So I said that day, you know, I'm not going to stop until everybody in the city and the country knows about David Pierce. And I never did. Um, and and it's, it's funny, really, because it's draw lines and parallels with my career as well in the military. So I started off as a guardsman. You know, I worked my right, um, way right up to become a commission officer. Um, and that was literally at the time when um, we started the statue project. So, it, you know, it, it, it was fate, if you like. But, um, yeah, we, we, 
um, re- well, collecting memorabilia for the first sort of 16, 17 years. And then the last three or four years was um, charity um, statue project. Um, it took us 18 months to raise £61,000. That included the plinth, the statue, the construction, the shipping costs. Um, and yeah, you know, for David, we, I always believed that he deserved the recognition. He um, fought in an era of the HEMOPs. You know, we gave away attributes that he weighed as like um, 13 stone three to some of these heavyweight fights. Um, and yeah, you know, I, you know, I was so proud of him. I mean, he beat Dennis Andres, yeah. three times WBC light heavyweight champion. Um, a lot of people might not know he, he actually um, was going to fight James Buster Douglas after his IBF heavyweight fight, um, title fight against Tony Tugger. And he um, was pulled on three hours notice and Donnie Long took the fight. And that's on BoxRex, so, you know, that's all there to see in terms of his record. So he was very unlucky that he didn't get that one last big fight. He, um, he was linked with S.D. Gordon, Mate Parlog, Marvin Camel, and he did sign to fight Ozzy Ocasio for the WBA Cruiserweight title. But unfortunately, he wasn't late to fight in that last fight um, due to medical reasons. Um, so, so very sad. But again... We turn that negative into a positive, and and he, he now has a statue which has not only put the new ball on the map, it's put Welsh boxers on the map as well. Um, and off the back of that, we've got a registered charity, and our aim is to inspire the next generation of Welsh sportsmen and sportswomen. Um, and this statue will obviously, um, you know, provide the inspiration, and we'll provide financial grants to help people. Yeah, well said. You are to be commended for the work that you've done, Luke. It is superb. You mentioned Dennis Andrews there. Gordon Ferris is on the list as well. Knocked out Neville Mead for the heavyweight title and then fought for the European title away in Paris as well. An excellent fighter, David Pearce. Yeah, no, thank you very much. You know, I appreciate um, your comments. He, um, he was a tough man, but he was a gentleman. And, and again, you know, for me, that the thing with David is, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't the biggest heavyweight. You know, he wasn't a Larry Holmes. He was never going to box people. He was too small. So to achieve what he did, Considering from 1979 to 84, he wasn't allowed to fight in his actual true division, the cruiserweight division, is very sad. But people know his story now, don't they? And do you know what? If he hadn't gone through the trials and tribulations that he did, you know, maybe I wouldn't be the person I am today. The team might not be the, you know, the team we are today. And David's memory might not be the memory it is today. So, so I'm very proud that we, we all went through it and, and we've got there in the end. Absolutely well said. So you've linked up then with Craig Woodruff and there's a big fight lined up in Belarus on this Al Siesta show. What type of an experience do you think that'll be, Luke? Well, it's a huge opportunity. Um, it's going to be, um, you know, a, a huge experience as well. You know, we didn't hesitate to take that fight. Uh, you know, a lot of people in the boxing fraternity, especially in Safe Wheels, you know, thought we were crazy for taking that fight. But we believe in Creed. You know, I've been involved with Craig now for the last four years, two years getting him back into boxing and then two years training him. And, um, you know, I knew him before as well as an amateur and we've always got on great. And and we know we, he's, he's got the potential to be, a, you know, a British champion from Wales. There's no two ways about it. And, and this guy he's fighting, ranked 30th in the world, fought for an IBF um, title. And, and he's also um, beaten Ishmael Barrasso, um, who beat um, Kevin Mitchell and fought Anthony Collar. So, He's got massive credibility and we're going there to win. Yeah, we had Al Siesta on the call last week. Um, you're looking forward to going over to Belarus? Apparently things are okay over there. The setup's all going to be in hand as well, sorted by Al and his team. Yeah, we, we can't wait. Um, you know, I, I, I bet the Belarus people are lovely. And um, Johan was even telling me earlier, you know, he, he's going to um, name his next child after somebody from Belarus. So we can't wait. 
absolutely. What are the ambitions for Craig then long term, do you think? So long overall goal since we started, it was always to um, become the next Longsdale winner from Newport since mm. David Bontius. That was always the, the achievement and that's why we got involved with him. Um, so, so I would say a British title, definitely. After the Cheyenne fight, we've um, been speaking to promoters and, and they promised us a title fight in either September or November, either lightweight or super featherweight. And if we come, if we come through that, we would then look to um, yeah, stake our claim to the British title. Absolutely. What other fighters are you involved with at the moment, Luke? So we um, purely focus on Craig Woodruff. I've been asked by numerous fighters, um, both amateur and professional, to get involved with us. But the trouble we've got is, like I say, I'm also working on a commission officer. Uh, myself and John run the charity, the David Bomber Pierce Legacy. And I don't think it's fair on Craig at this moment in time. In The, the next 80 months is really key for him. And, and we want to give him the best opportunity because we don't just run the boxing side of things. He, you know, we help him outside. So we help with the, you know, the media, the profiling, um, you know, getting his food for him, supplements, running the training programs, you know, and then obviously training him as well. So it's, you know, it's, it's a big effort from us all, but we want him to achieve. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, just generally then, we were talking to Chris Jenkins just before we got you on. Obviously the Sanagars, Mo Pryor, all doing good things. Do you think Welsh boxing is on the way up? Yeah, I think um, Welsh boxing is on the way up. I think it's, you know, we've got some great characters in the game. Um, you know, really helpful people, you know, like Gary Hockett, um, Pebbles, Gavin Reese, they've all been great to us. We've got St. Joseph's, you know, Tony Borg and Billy Reynolds and, and Roger Williams there. So I think, you know, we've got some great gist in Wales. We've got some great talent. Um, and I think as long as um, like the guys like MTK and Mo Pryor continue to support Welsh boxing, like they have been, which has been really good. Um, I think, yeah, you know, the sky's the limit for Welsh boxing. Absolutely. We thank you for your time, Luke. Where can people catch up with your social media or website-wise? So um, anybody can catch up with us on um, either Snapchat, um, Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. And it's Newport's Rocky. Newport's Rocky. Luke, thanks very much for giving us your time on Sunday evening. We do appreciate it and good luck out in Belarus. Oh, thank you very much. All the best, guys. Take care. All the best. Thank you, sir. Luke Pierce there. Yeah, that was an interesting one, Ozzy. Uh, David Pierce, fighter I'm not overly familiar with. I've seen him on the box rex before, but um, done good work there, Luke Pierce. And Craig Woodruff, he's going he's to have it tough, isn't he? Let's be honest, out in Belarus. But I think the guys know that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and look, they're taking an opportunity. Um, it'd be easy to say no and you know try and work the way up, but look, they're, they're going to go for it. The, the guy um, he's fighting is it Chaniev? Um, he's coming off a couple of losses. Um, I've I watched Woodruff box a couple of times. He's very tall. Um, he, I think he's over six foot, uh, and, and he can box. And a couple of his losses he took. So we thought Luke Campbell uh, took that on like a week's notice. Uh, Martin Ward he fought as well again. Talk on took on relatively short notice as well. Again, it's a massive ask, but you've got to applaud it. Um, and who knows? And it's good that you know the the planning for further down the line as well. Uh, so who knows what can happen? But no, it's great. It's it's little things like that when you get people uh, like Luke on the pod. From where you hear that, you know, he obviously his uncle there was he wanted to continue his legacy and the work he's done over the past twenty years. Um, he's certainly ensured that he's you know he's continued you know to be remembered. Uh, interesting that Andy's just put in our chat now that um, it was believed that Frank Bruno was actually swerving 
uh, David Pierce as well, a fight with Pierce. So that was quite interesting, particularly what Bruno went on to achieve as well. Yeah, I think he was small guy, Pierce, wasn't he? You see the Andres fight and fighting him in light ever. I think cruiserweight probably would have been his yeah. area, you know, it, realistically, under. Yeah, I, I get as you mentioned there, actually, he was kind of like forced to kind of fight out his best weight. I don't think we really had a cruiserweight division run about that time, but there was a documentary actually kicking about someone, I forget what channel it was on, and uh, it was about the statue and that. I just wasn't until I mentioned that, I was like, I fucking know this guy. And of course, it's Bomber Pierce, man. I'm like, Chris, Charles Bronson mentioned this guy. I'm not, not, not talking about the murder, I'm talking about the fucking actor. Charles Bronson says this guy was a legend, the true hard man. Everybody's mentioned one of the biggest hitters in the heavyweight divisions in, in well, in, in Britain at least and I'll tell you what actually, see if he'd fought in any other era by the way he'd be, he probably would have been a superstar or you know, picked up more belts than what he did. European champ, British champ, big power hitter. I think he's even sparred by Lex Lewis a few times in that as well. Um yeah, it was just a shit. I think he ended up filming, was, was it a brain scan or something like that? And he uh, basically got his license withdrew and yeah, that was him fucked because he, he, and that's all he knew. I think there was like, there was something like six or seven brothers or something like that as well. I think there was a whole, there was a whole gang of them, I think, uh, fighting brothers, I'm sure. Pierce brothers. And he died pretty, it was in his early 40s, whatever it was in that as well. So it's a, it's a sad 41, tale. 41, yeah. Yeah, was it Alzheimer's or something? Um, but yeah, it was it was like I think the whole family were uh, the, the entire brothers were were all boxers, and I think the dad obviously had a, a bit of, a bit to do with it as well. And that, but see, if you get your hands on that documentary, it's on Sky somewhere, but um, I, I can't mind where. Go and find it, everybody. Yeah, Sean Edwards. If you still, if Sean Edwards is knocking about, I have um, sent you the link if you want to come on. I know he's a big hater, Dave Lowback fan is Sean, but uh, jump on if you want. He's been on before. It's uh, Streamyard now. Just click the link and join on your device of choice. Joining on his device of choice now, flying in from the mean streets of Wexford. It's rapping Rob Kelly. How are you, Rob? I'm doing good, Stephen. How are we doing tonight for sound? Very well. We can hear you loud and clear, sir. Glad to hear that you're keeping well. What have you been up to? Excellent. Um, started to catch back up with some of the fights this week now that the action is picking up. Saw some of the announcements. Just trying to catch up with a bit of garden and do it, to be honest with you. Clinton Woods made me feel bad when he did his interview and he was like, oh, you have to keep doing something. I was like, doing the whole lockdown and no work done on the garden whatsoever. So I got a hold of it this week and it's looking okay. I'm going to have fight camp um, here pretty <laughs> towards the end of the year. I think I've got some big, big names. Um, who knows? Maybe a return to mainstream boxing for in in Ireland. I'm sure that there's no reason why that couldn't go ahead. So, um, everything's looking good. <laughs> everything's looking good in the garden. They're asking for the wind sound effects here, Rob. People, are, people are missing their wind sound effects. Don't worry, I'll be back in the field momentarily, and all wind will be restored to normal order. Rappy Rob Kelly on with us on a Sunday night. Let's continue talking. We'll come to Rob as well shortly. I'm not sure who I cut off in their prime about this first week. I think somebody, I just heard them saying what a great fight uh, Dalton Smith against Nathan Bennett was. Seriously, boys, who was talking? Go on ahead, uh, resume. (laughs) Funny that. Um, I think we've pretty much wrapped up uh, the first one. Uh, I'd probably say it's his best. um, It's the best of the four cards, to be honest. I like Tennyson Gwynn, and I say it about every Tennyson fight. If you can, if you can, you know, invest in his body early, and you know, you can withstand his power. Gwynn put in a commendable effort against Joe Cordina um, for, I think it was for this belt actually, uh, a couple of fights ago. 
uh, and Cordina was expected to truly outclass him. So again, I think Gwyn is a is quite a big outsider, but there's a chance there. I mean, you know yourself, Steve Tennyson has got whilst he's got you know he's you know a big puncher. He certainly has his vulnerabilities as well. Yes, um, Gil, I think he'll blast out Bellotti. Uh, I think Bellotti's done. I mean, I think he's one of the only English fighters to lose on the, one of those Italian cards when you go over there to kind of resurrect your career. Uh, Wardley Valili, good English title fight. Um, probably side with Wardley, but if Valili's on it, um, I think Valili won a Commonwealth medal. So, you know, he's got ability. Uh, Nathan Bennett is managed by Steve Wood. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of him, but the big on Dalton Smith. Um, look, it's... it's Fair play for, you know, it would be easy to pull in, you know, a relatively rank um, journeyman. But uh, this is a good fight, you know, for Smith in his sixth fight, fighting somebody nine and one. Uh, you would expect Smith to come through with relative ease. But you never know. It's boxing. It's in the back garden. Anything could happen. Absolutely. Andy, did you get stuck in on card one, I'm assuming? Yeah, mate, uh, Tennis and Gwyn, I think uh, Belotti as well. Um, hopefully he's got his gas tank fixed out. Um, Cheeseman against uh, Eggington, I think that will be pretty much a phone booth war, actually. And I agree with Ozzy, it's probably his best card the, the, uh, at the four. Um, the one I really do take issue with is, is the last card, uh, is August, uh, the pay-per-view. As I say, Bob Arm wouldn't even fucking put a card on pay-per-view, even for, uh, Frank Warren and stuff like that. So, but I get it, look, he's got to bring Povetkin over. You know, he's promised White, you know, White's not getting a title fight and that, so he's made promises to fight in the past. He's given pay-per-view cash for as a, as a kind of makeup and stuff, but, yeah, I've got a wee bit of issue with Dylan White, actually, to be honest with you. Um, just the kind of, like, his attitude and stuff, just the way he's going to boot things fucking stuff and stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, Eddie Hearn's his promoter, so he's the one that should be organising the fights for him and stuff, so... He shouldn't be having a chat with Eddie rather than having a fucking go at Tyson, because at the end of the day, Tyson's contracts to oblige to a rematch with Deontay Wilder. So people can go on about COVID-19 and travel restrictions all you want, but contracts are fucking contracts. We see Eddie Hearn saying to Amanda Serrano that you know a contract is legally binding. Look, Katie Taylor talking about contracts and that as well. Let's get it on. So Tyson Fury is tied up at the minute, so Dillian White just needs to calm the fuck down. Just calm the fuck down, beat Povetkin, you'll get your chance. But at the end of the day, remember, you also backed away for opportunities for world title fights. So this is on you, and it's also on your promoter. So stop fucking bitching and get in line. Get out for a walk with the dogs, man. Get your mind off us. Yeah. Off. Stop handling that dog meat. Get out for a walk with the dogs. Nothing bad's going to happen there that could possibly scupper any fight. So just go get out with the dogs and enjoy yourself. <laughs> Anything on that first card, Rob, before we move on? Eggington, Cheeseman, Tennis and Gwyn, a bit of Gil Bellotti? Anything on that? Anything on that card? That was the question I was asking myself, Steve, when I was reading the lineup. Um, no, this is in all honesty, right? And this is not a pop-up match room, so I don't want anyone else saying, "Oh, you never give it to Frank." I give it to all of them, right? But this is shitty. It's a shitty card um, with C to B level fighters, um, all four weeks, as far as I can see. And then you got Pavekin and White. But I mean, I suppose Eggington and Cheeseman would be a bit of a you know, um, I think um, bit of a ding dong. Um, yeah, it'd be a bit of a, it'd be a bit, it'd be a bit of a, uh, it'd be worth watching maybe on on the night live. But I'm certainly not going to watch any of these back or make sure that I'm, 
here to see Reese Bellotti fight someone in Eddie Hearn's fucking back garden. Like, man, you must be fucking joking me. Like, absolutely. These are dross fights. Like, and then, you know, it's good to get boxing back and the interest back and it has to come back in stages. I get all that. And if anything, these fellas will probably get more of a platform now because they would have been pushed down the, the broadcasting um, where Eddie's back on standard PP, PPV shows. Like, but don't fucking try and tell me anybody's getting excited about seeing this these kind of caliber lads fighting in the garden like i'm sure i've seen that before loads of times in ireland and i wasn't on telly so um nothing really taking my fancy um apart from the, the return of shannon courtney of course everyone knows i can't wait for that like that's you know when the piano drops who knows what's going to happen then so um yeah interesting times exciting stuff steve for sure Exciting times ahead, Johnny. Uh, welcome back to the call. Long time no see. Sean Head Edwards, how are you, Sean? Yo, yo, yo. I'm good, I'm good. How you guys doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Good to hear from you. What do you want to talk about on this Sunday evening, episode 379? Um, what, what do you guys feel about the whole AJ and the Fury kind of matchup? Um, I've actually heard from a reliable source that it's going to be in Saudi but that's still apparently not been announced. But yeah, what do you guys think? Well, I mean, I'm interested in what you have to think, really, Sean, to be honest with you. I mean, stylistically, we talked to Dave from Boxing's First last week. He laid it out. Do you think AJ's got the power to get rid of him? Is Fury going to box rings around him? How do they match up stylistically? You've got to say that Fury's a favourite, to be honest. Like His skills are just so superior. But I think the style might be difficult for him because obviously AJ's aggression, I think that's what he might find challenging. Um, but yeah, you'd have to put, I would put Fury in as a favourite. And then, but I think AJ's got a good puncher's chance, to be honest. But there's just so much that can happen before that fight happens. And then you've got Dillian like piping up at the moment. And, uh, but even with Dillian, I'm just a bit like, why is he, <laughs> why is he like, talk, why is he talking now? Because, Tyson Fury's got a fight signed signed up next, and and obviously so obviously he's not going to be able to fight him right now, so it's a bit insincere. Um, but I guess you're uh, I think someone was saying earlier that the fact that he might be trying to get you know like money or trying to get step aside money or something like that, but um. Yeah, the thing is with Dillian and insincerity, I think he's playing the role of the pantomime villain. He's trying to make it look like he's being hard done to, while secretly he's probably lapping up those, what is it now, four or five pay-per-views without having fought for European title, as Porky Russ says. I mean, he's coordinating, isn't he, Dillian? Fucking Sky Sports were actually even more they coddled him because they've actually put that uh, that that, uh, that Ace Effect uh, picture him on Twitter and that still waiting for a title fight. Oh, fucking well, man, just fucking fight Josh when you got the offer, dickhead. Exactly. That's a very good point because how can you complain when you had the opportunity to fight for three world titles? How how could like you can't really complain, can you? You had the opportunity, you didn't take it. Um and now you're it's just I don't know, it's it's a bit annoying the way he, he complains, to be honest. This is what I'm saying. It's fake complaining. I don't think he's too bothered and that I don't blame him, he's getting the pay-per-views. Just going back there, you said Sean to the Saudi Arabian thing. Do you think they would take it out to Saudi? I know money trumps all, but is that not something they'd try and hold off and have on British soil? Well, from this is like from a reliable source. Um, Who told you? But yeah, apparently it's it's all done, and oh, I can't I can't say. Come on, that. tell us the no, name. Who is it? Come on, come on. And um, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> come on, Steve. Come on, Eddie. You got a text. For, got a text from Canelo's people. Trouble, come on, but, come on, Eddie. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, but that's what I've, no. It's it's a reliable source. So you know, if if it, if it doesn't sound that to be true, I'll come on and then I'll let Dave. You know. Have a go at me, but um, where is Dave, by the way? I haven't heard from Dave in a while. He's still knocking about. He works on Sundays, you see. He's a good guy. Hey, to Dave, he's one of the he's one of boxing's good guys. One of life's good Jews. <laughs> is it Jew? <laughs> oh, we take all sorts We take all sorts, don't we? Uh, Jason Chukwu is in the chat. He's loving the chat so far. He says, this guy talking sounds like an alert version of myself. Uh, well, I've, I've, Sean's getting good good feedback here. What about the feedback for what Eddie's put out so far, Fight Camp, which is the best of the, of the four weeks that he's put on offer, Sean? Hello? I can hear you. Go ahead. Is he can you hear me, Sean? Hello? Can you hear me, Andy? I can hear you fine, mate. I, I can hear uh, the guy talking, but he's not hear us. Can you hear me now, Sean? Hello. We are the belly boys. He's fell asleep. <laughs> you fell asleep, Sean? Ooh. <laughs> 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 Got rid of him inadvertently. Must have no, dropped not... off. He's in that connection. Must have dropped yeah. off. Or whatever, I don't know. He's not a fan of poor hater, Dave, but we love Dave around these parts. Come back on, Sean, if you wish. So let's get on to week two while we're waiting for Sean to reconnect, Aussie. I think you've probably covered most of this, haven't you? Chris Billum Smith against Nathan Thorley. I was trying to think earlier. Thorley is an undefeated Welsh cruiserweight. There was an undefeated Welsh cruiserweight of some repute going around a couple of years ago. He fought that Congo guy on a Channel 5 card. Who was that? I'm trying to think of. Alan Smith. No, no he's, no, he's no Welsh. Oh, no. You're on about Craig Kennedy. Yes, Craig That's Kennedy. Aye. Craig Craig Kennedy. Yeah. Behind yeah. him, he's made like the new hope. Yeah, Matty Askin um, beat Craig Kennedy on Channel 5 for the British title, actually. Um, I, I don't know a lot about Thorley, to be honest. Um, I was discussing on Twitter, and he apparently was a pretty decent amateur. Um, hasn't really fought anybody of note, to be honest, uh, on the way up. Um, this fight with Bill and Smith is his... First real test. Uh, but it, it's all you can ask for for a Commonwealth title fight. I would rather see Billum Smith against Thorley than Billum Smith against, you know, like your Ebenezer Tetes of the world who were garbage. Um, so, yeah, decent. I, I'll, I'll happily take Ebenezer. that. Ebenezer. Ebenezer, good. Um, Fowler, Harper, I'm not sold on whatsoever. I don't get why they keep dropping Fowler to, like, this English level. It's a bit weird. Um it's almost like they know that he's a bit shit, maybe. That is his level, man. Fuck, did you know? Fitzgerald proved it. It's almost like they know something. It's just odd, isn't it? That you know, that I mean, Adam Harper, I thought he'd I thought he'd retired due to you know, like a dodgy brain scan or something. Um, but again, look, you are restricted on what you can get, but I'm sure there was better opponents available. Uh, Fias Kane Baker's go, Kane Baker's not bad. he's won, um. He's a bit of an odd one. He he's a home fighter sometimes, but then also goes on the road. In examples like this, uh, he's won a Midlands area title. Um, very uh, de decent enough. Uh, Fia should have too much to be honest. Um, he trains up with Jamie Moore, a good fighter, very good. Um, should have enough for Baker. That Hopey Price, um, I guess he'll fight pretty much a nobody. Um, only two and zero. Oh. 
And then the main event, Terry Harper against Tasha Jonas. Not a fight I'm overly bothered about, to be honest. Yeah, um, we, 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 uh, it's, it's naff. Uh, we, we Jonas score is crap, not... I think. Nah, shut the fuck. You stop, stop. Canelo's looking forward to it. Right? <laughs> He's raging that he can't get over here to watch it. You you, you stop fucking moaning, man. <laughs> the the pound for pound king is fucking raging he can't get into the UK to watch yeah. this fight. Stop. Come on. Think about it. Mate, he'll be all over that DAZN subscription then to ensure oh, that you can, watch, um, you, you can watch what's it called. Uh, you can watch Harper Jonas. But No, we saw Jonas. She got embarrassed by um, Vivian Obanoff. Um, You know, she, she battered him. And I think Harper will do the same, to be honest. Harper will, you know, a bit of a come-forward style and I'll just put it Is on the real her. interest, Aussie, if Harper stops her or not? That's where the interest lies for me. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, th that is the interest. I mean, I'll be gutted if it goes 10 rounds and, you know, it's Ugh. just, a, you know, under a 90 uh, win for Harper. I'll be devastated. Um, but, yeah, look, if Harper can go and do it, fair play. Uh, that'll be Jonas off into, you know, off into the sunset. That'll be her career done and dusted with. But, no, after a solid first week, um, I, I do think it drops a little on quality um, for the second week for me. Shout out to Andy Eggy Phil in the chat there. He's the guy who, who, who pulled out the Terry Harper and Canelo clip, by the way, so he's Hi. in our chat tonight. <laughs> a good man. I was just going to say, actually, um, Jonas is trained by Peter Fury. Oh, I don't know. Should no. No, it's, it's Joe Gallagher, isn't she? Oh, Who's Savannah the female fighter? Ah, Savannah that's it. Marshall, Savannah Marshall. Sorry, my mistake. Saying all women boxers look the same, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, dates. <laughs> yeah, what do you think about um, uh, week two then? I think Fowler, they know what his level is, don't they, realistically? Yeah, I said that. I mean, that, that is his level. And, you know, if he thinks anything better than that, then, then I mean, that's up to him. I, I look forward to Bill Smith against Thorley. I mean, Bill Smith, you know, he's. You know, I'm not going to proclaim anything, but I, he's a nice kid, you know. I know Tommy's dad's a big fan of him. He can't have, have a wee chat with him and stuff like that. He's going for back yeah, time to time and stuff. So, uh, yeah, maybe that one. For, you know, if anything, that thing, you, you're hoping that Fowler's going to get beat of Harper, which is obviously never going to happen probably. But as for week three, um, I'll let Ozzy come in on the female fight, which he's been doing his research. Yes, we do a research well, here on, on, on female boxing. Hold, hold but, on, uh, boys. Hold on, boys. Let, let's wrap in Rob Kelly because I know he's desperate to get stuck in on week two. I don't want to deprive right, him here. Okay. And there is a bit of interest for wrapping Rob Kelly here for week two. Terry Harper is fighting Natasha Jonas, who got exposed by Obanoff. Rob, I know you're a fan of the older Vivian Obanoff highlight Obanoff. I think he's fell asleep. No open off love, Rob, before we move on? No. No open off love for Rob. We'll maybe get him back in shortly. Yes, uh, week three then, Aussie. Felix Cash against Jason Wellborn. Not, yeah, that's not, that's not really doing it for me, actually. It's all right. Like, Kieran Conway against Navid Mansoury might be decent. Shannon Courtney against Rachel Ball. Not really that interested. I know you want to speak about that very shortly. Zelfa Barrett against Eric Donovan does interest me. I think that's a good fight. Yeah, um... I don't mind the Cash Wellborn fight because Wellborn's got a pretty decent style from where it'd be quite exciting, uh, even if it's just a case of you know he, you know he's shown he can be stopped quite a few times. Um, he was stopped, you know, by JJ Metcalf last time out. Uh, Cash has been relatively the well, way he's flown through every test at the moment. Uh, Wellborn will probably be his. Um, oh no, actually, I forgot he beat uh, he battered Jack Cullen actually. Um, in last time out, it's not bad. It's okay. Uh, it, it is what it is. It's a Commonwealth 
title fight, isn't it? Um, you you won't be disappointed if it was a British title fight, for example. Uh, Mansouri, I mean, he's had a bit of an odd career. Um, I mean, he kind of comes and goes, inactive, active. I'm just looking at his record now. He had five fights in Spain. Um, got beat off a guy called Jorge Fortea, and then got beat off that. No, Conway will beat him. Sorry, um, Ozzy, can I alert you to the message on the screen? MB usually knows what he's talking about. He seems to think Wellborn might be out. No, that was uh, that's on the pay per view card. So that was uh, Jack Cullen should have been fighting Jason Quigley, and yes. Quigley is now out. So they're looking to pull Morrison into fight Cullen. That's poor for Quigley, isn't it? Like he he really yeah, could have done with that bit, fight. I think Hearn had a bit of a do do with him and said, "I can't believe fighters aren't you know when they knew this was coming and they're not ready." Um, so I think he had a bit of a do whether Quigley, you know, is just out of shape or. You know, he's just, you know, he won't be ready for that day. See, see, see that point, though? You would think that Eddie's probably say to these guys, look, listen, use are my plans for the opening shows on X day or don't be ready yeah. for, like, say, the, the, these possible dates. So you would think that Eddie's done his homework, look, guys, get ready. And if, if, if he has given proper notice and stuff, I mean, you still go, what, two months? Six weeks? Yeah. Nah, it's bad form, like. Yeah, very. Um, and look, you, you burn your bridges doing stuff like this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what? why should he go back and offer um, Quigley an opportunity, you know, when he's let himself down? And he pulled out the day before it was going to be announced. Uh, and look, it's a decent slot to have as well. You know, as you say, Andy, fighters are more likely, you know, for these sort of level of fights are going to get more exposure now rather than being shoved down a card, potentially on Facebook or not on TV at all. Not going to happen yeah. for Quigley. It's not going to happen for Quigley, I don't no. think, which is a shame because he's so talented. Yeah, and he's been trained by Andy Lee now, so I thought he would have had it. I thought Lee would have had him knuckled down, but clearly not. Uh, and he's blown the opportunity. Uh, Conway should beat Mansouri. I've just had a look, and he got beat off yeah. that Stephen Daniel, who's he's okay, but he's nothing special. So, and Conway's all right. I think he gave was it did he box about Cheeseman? That was it. He gave Cheeseman a relatively decent. Um, yeah, didn't they, he drew with someone? Didn't he? I think he drew with Cheeseman, and then I think he got beat off Fowler. I think I can't remember who. And not, no, no, he's not fought Fowler. No, he, he fought got... Derek Osazi in a yeah, in a voice in that, uh... fighter type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was it. Yeah. And he, oh, he it was that ultimate thing, ultimate. Yes. Uh... Ultimate boxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just on Jason yeah. Quigley, actually, I noticed Irish News actually put out uh, an article uh, end of May. About a good month ago, and he's like, you know, he's 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 giving them the quotes. He's banging the bag and that. He's working in his garage. He's got his daughter sitting watching him and stuff. So, what the hell's happened? I mean, he's just like, you know, just been eating what he wants, but been working working out at the same time and just hasn't been able to shift the weight. I've no um, idea. It wasn't announced. Look, look if it was I mean, a legit injury, um, you can't fault anyone for getting injured. That just that happens. Um, but from what Edward was saying. I don't think it is an injury, and I think it's more he might be a bit too heavy type of thing, and yeah. he should be able to shift the weight, which, as we said, is a great shame, and look, Steve doesn't think it'll happen for him. Yeah. Well, so see, me, in this article, he's, he's claiming that he's been running, you know, six, ten miles a day and stuff, and 
he's doing stuff he's never done before. I mean, it's all there in writing. He's even got quotes mm. attributed him to as well. So it's, it's absolutely pure. This is like, as I say, this is like less than a month ago. So that's absolutely pure form if he's fucked up the way yeah. or he's just not ready for this. This is absolutely, that's, that's terrible. Rob's back with us, Rob. We're just lamenting Jason Quigley not being able to fight Cullen on one of the cards. Are you as upset as we are, Rob? He's in tears. He's in tears over there. For fuck's sake. You alright, Rob? No. Too upset. Uh, what about mm. Shannon Courtney, Ozzy? You think she's yeah, going to so get the job I, done? Not at all. No, I, I think if uh, this is the most confident I've felt about a boxing bet in a long time. Uh, her opponent, Rachel Ball, at 5-1. and one, but that loss, I watched the fight before, was very controversial. Um, she was a bit jobbed on the cards, to be honest. I, did, I, I didn't score it, you know, sit there and score it properly, but I watched the fight and felt she definitely won four of eight rounds. And the, guy, the girl she lost to is now like an interim world champion, which I know doesn't necessarily mean much, you know, because of the depth. But she's not bad. She has a jab and she'll... She can she can throw you know a right hand off the jab, and she'll stand there and trade. Um, she's done the distance twice. She did eight rounds out in Norway, so she's got experience you know traveling abroad as well and being the away fighter. And then her last fight was at the end of the year, uh, end of twenty nineteen. She beat um, you know, like a like a tough journey woman in Beck Connolly. Uh, she's massive. She's in terms of height for the weight. And and I think she's gonna she's gonna tower over Courtney. Who, when I've seen her, she she's rubbish. She just offers nothing. Um, she's very much you know a bit of a you know, just it's like she's just adapted. You know, all the sponsors have taken to her. Um, you know, she's all about the fancy watches. She buzzes off knocking out you know, which are garbage journeymen, um, which you know are just awful and would be essentially shoved at the bottom of a card opening it up at half past four because no one's bothered about them. Uh, the one fight she did have, I thought she got beat, which was against that Jasmine and Nad. Uh, whereas Ball, she, the fundamentals are just better. Um, I've spoken to a couple of people, uh, one female boxer and one boxing trainer from the area, and they're both backing Ball to win this. They, they're absolutely gobsmacked at the odds. Um, and after watching you know, a couple of fights myself, I think it's a great bet. It's over eight rounds. Um, so it's not, you know, it's one of these from where, um, you know, she's. it's not as if it's going to be over short and sweet. And, and I think it's a great, I think she's 11 to four now rather than seven to two. Um, I, I just happily back against Courtney without a doubt. Not because I dislike her. I just don't think she's great. Um, yeah, Ball's got more experience, boxed at a better level. Uh, and Courtney's five and zero is, you know, is pretty shoddy. So yeah, I think there's money to be made there. Personally, um, I've already backed it already, and I'll certainly go and back it again uh, as the fight gets closer. I'll actually say now, I won't be shocked if Courtney pulls out of this fight because you'll realise the going will get tough because this is the first person who's going to hit her back. Uh, this uh, Rachel Ball can, you know, she can take a shot as well. Um, so yeah, it's one that I think we'll see. The first loss of Shannon Courtney, and hopefully I'll win money from it as well. Huge call by way, because you know the ten thousand listeners listening just now actually are going to be saying, "Fucking hell, man!" Maybe get some money on that, and then Shannon Courtney's going to pull it. 
I mean, what, you know, we're going to miss her a tear the way, and you know, she's going to have, you know swap watches from one wrist to the other, wrist to get it in the TV picture, all that sort of stuff. So it'd be a big loss for Shannon to pull out of this card, actually. So I can I confessed earlier I haven't actually seen Shannon Courtney fight, Rob. You there, Rob? Oh, Rob's disappeared. Rob, Rob's done a, a Wellings and bought some high-tech equipment, and now he can't get on or anything. Nothing will work. Yeah. <laughs> People think he's being tight. Feel for you, Rob. Feel for your brother. Well, let's move on then. Yeah, Eric Donovan's Alpha Barrett. I'm looking forward to that. I want to see Donovan was an excellent amateur, so I want to see how he steps up. That is week. Uh, what are we on now? Week three. He mm. might have been kidnapped, you know. Uh, week four is the big pay-per-view. Dillian White against Alexander Povetkin. Povetkin. I don't know. Well, I don't know. It might be. A, I don't really know what to think about that, to be honest. I'll reserve judgment. Looking forward to Luther Clay against Congo. Bacoli against Kuzmin is good in its own little ecosystem. But whenever you look at the fact they both lost to Michael Hunter, it doesn't look so good. Katie Taylor against TBA. Is she going to fight Serrano or not? It's all right, Ozzy. It's, it's all right. Yeah, it lacks a couple of fights, doesn't it? You, I mean, some people are saying Taylor Serrano will, would do it for, you know, would make it the pay-per-view that they want to see. Um, not for me. I, I'm not really bothered. I, I just think that Serrano will be too small. Uh, the fight I would rather see is um, Taylor Chantel Cameron. I talk about it all the time. I just think that is a better fight, and I think it's one that Taylor can lose in as well. Uh, but who knows? Uh, as I said, they were looking to put on um, Cullen and Quigley. That's now off. Uh, I think they're going to look to put Cullen Marcus Morrison on there again. Bit of a meh. I'm not really fussed yeah. about that. Um, but I like Bacoli Cousin, Steve. I think it's not bad. Uh, look, if your winner goes and fights, you know, looks to get the rematch with Hunter, I think it makes sense. I actually think Cousin is man made for Bacoli. Uh, Big Pricey was taking rounds off Cousin before he did. Is you know, he tore his peck. I agree with you, Ozzy, but as Knockout Boxing says there, would have to be Hunter if it's pay-per-view. The thing is, because it's pay-per-view, I would say Bacoli against Cousin is a good fight. If you've got three or four stronger fights on that level, like boxed in around it, but because you haven't, it sort of pushes it up to a higher level where I don't think it holds. Yeah, I'll judge, I'll judge the card when they confirm it. Hearn said there's two more fights to go or something like that. Fair enough. And they're, up, and they're eyeing up another heavyweight contest to go on there. I don't know what it'll be. I'm not sure whether he was alluding to Alan Fury on that, which does nothing for me. Um, I'm not sure, but I, I don't mind it. And Bacoli, again, is a great price. He's one to two. And I think the stoppage will be over evens. So I'll definitely take that. Um, Clay Congo, great fight. Probably fight the card, really. Um, is that Rob? Sorry, I didn't know. I was plodding along. The, the, the microphone was failing me there on the last two occasions, so I wasn't sure if you could hear me. Sorry about oh, that. Oh, you're, you're sounding clear now, like so. Yeah, <laughs> your man, Jason Quigley, by the way, shit in the bed. Just let the team yeah, down, by the way. I, I don't know what's going on with. I don't know what's going on with Jason Quigley. Is the. I don't want to cast aspersions on the guy's character, but I don't. I'm wondering if there's a psychological issue for him. Who was the fight? What was the guy that beat him that he should have beaten in the stage before he went left and went down? Andy. Toronto Johnson. Yeah. Sorry, Anno Johnson. Yeah, that was kind of similar to me to Andy Lee's loss against Brian Vera. He's kind of riding the crest of the wave. He's over in the states. The networks are interested in him, and then he loses against the guy he's supposed to beat. 
and has to start over. And I think Andy saw stuff in him in him that he could improve. He mentioned, kind of after one of his fights to get uh, one of their fights together, that he's still not, you know, that it was still a, a work in progress. But Quigley would wanted to, you know, he he turned pro quite early, turned over quite early, so time is still on his side to a degree. But he'd want to be active, and as Steve said. He was so good as an amateur. What was he? Did he win a gold world medal? He did, yeah. He won a, yeah, so like you don't get world medals in the gold in Olympic in Olympic or amateur tournaments. If you can't fight. So he definitely can fight. But I'm just wondering, is there a psychological barrier to cross for Jason Quigley? Um, but look, it'll play out, I'm sure. He hasn't done himself any favours with Eddie anyway. Fast Car wanted him in the garden fighting, so um, he would have wanted to make himself available. Eric Donovan's on one of the cards, is he not? I don't know if you covered that. Not. Eric Donovan's fighting Zelfa Barrett. Zelfa Barrett, yeah. Eric, Eric is in a tough spot because he's basically, you know, like a lot of British fighters and Irish fighters, he's part-time in it. I think the money that he wore was due to win for that kind of Irish prize fighter tournament from a couple of years back. I don't think he ever got that money, and he was banking on that to go full-time pro. So this is a big opportunity for for Eric to put himself in the window, and he's a very capable guy. So it won't be straightforward, I don't think, for Zephyr Barrett that night. Although it's still probably give Barrett the edge on activity and where he is in his pro career so far versus Eric. Jason Quigley, I don't know. Like I said, terrific amateur. I had high hopes for him as a pro. Um, was learning the ropes. I loved the way that he had gone to the States and stuff. But yeah, disappointing to see. I wanted to see him back out. Like So uh, time will tell on that one. I think Rob, regarding the tournament, I think that was maybe Roy Sheehan who was having those issues. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, there was, there was. yeah, I'm getting mixed up, but there was there was bread or something due to Eric uh-huh. that was delaying him uh, turning pro full-time, I think. It's, and he did turn pro. But like, it's tough for an Irish fighter based here at the moment. Where are you going to fight? You know what I mean? You have to go to the UK or you have to go to the States or where the action is or Australia like some of the lads have done because like, they're not going to be having any fights here. And it's not to do with anybody. It's just a coincidence. <laughs> no, Rob's right. Uh, Donovan, fair play to Eric uh, Leonard Gunning and the boys who've done their best getting in fights back in Dublin, up in Belfast as well. But I mean, you have to go over and take this opportunity. He's part-time. He's getting on a bit as well for the weight. So hopefully he can put up a good showing at least against uh, Barrett. I was just going to say, Steve, I was just going to ask Rob's opinion. I've seen Rob, that I found an article that's saying that Jason's been, less than, less, than, less than a month ago, he's been doing six 10-mile runs, he's been working on the heavy bag in his garage, his daughter's sitting there in the picture sitting watching him, he's got all these quotes and stuff, uh-huh. and Eddie's raging now that he's, you know, I'm assuming Eddie's gave these guys ample opportunities to listen, be ready for roughly around about he, this date. And he must have got are. an injury, Andy, or something, you know, I can well, only imagine. Somebody needs to come out and say so because we all, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't need at this point, you know, conjecture and speculation at this point because any day you've got a reputation of maybe not taking it seriously enough, and here you are pulling out an opportunity of a chance of, you know, being back on mainstream television and getting an opportunity to probably win the win the show, so so, so to speak. But and you, uh, Andy, you should start looking for matchroom, baby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's like playing fast car. No, that's why. I, I agree with you. Like I think, I think that's why I'm just wondering, like, and speculating: is there some kind of psychological barrier with him, like that he's just he's not feeling 100 percent now, and he he wants to pull out? Because even in that in that uh, Terriano Johnson fight, he looked like a rabbit in the headlights at times. He looked just so uncomfortable in there, and it looked like he was going through something mentally in the fight. Like, so I'm just wondering: is there, you know, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to cast aspersions on the guy's character, but I'm just wondering: is there a psychological edge to overcome there? You know, some guys are just. 
bangers like I'm wondering is he is it is it a case where he just doesn't feel there's something here and he just doesn't feel like psychologically he's there ready for the fight like possibly uh Ozzy, Chris Butler sent in a question which we've sort of touched upon he said um is White versus Povetkin the worst ever pay-per-view in the UK? I, I haven't gone back and thought about other ones. There's been some stinkers over oh. the years, but like like you said, it needs to fill out, doesn't it, to be fair? Bill, you cleverly oh. too. Oh, that was yeah. terrible. Oh, do you remember the Fotch Groves on the card? Was it the first one or the second one? Oh, uh, that was bad. The second one was okay. The first one was terrible. The second one was okay. You had the Gale and Mitchell on that one, I think. Mm. Um, are, we, are we doing it as a card as a whole, or are we doing it what, Whatever you want, whatever you want. or... I mean, Joshua Molina was rubbish uh, as a headliner, you know, uh, as an event. Wyatt Povetkin's okay. Um, I just think Povetkin's done now. Um, I, I think probably Hunter beat him out in Saudi. Uh, I think we know Povetkin is um, is done. But look, if Povetkin comes over on the juice, because, you know, these drug testing things are, uh, are on the low at the moment, we might see the best of Alexander yet again. Uh, but... It needs a couple more. Let's see what the other two fights are. I mean, Taylor again. They said they've offered Pursuit the fight now, but I mean, look. Unless somebody's in camp now, you're looking at you know what? Oh, you've got a couple of months actually, haven't you? For the I would say seven weeks. If you if you've got offers oh. to these other two people, you're talking at least another week for negotiations. If Serrano says yeah. no, then I see you with seven weeks. Yeah. Right, so again, again I'd, I'd definitely see the Pursuit rematch. I enjoyed. That's one of the very few female fights I enjoyed because it was great because they just lumped, you know, just absolutely bat belt battered each other. Uh, but it needs a couple more. Um, there are circumstances, aren't there? That's it's what it's not. You know, I know it's a pay per view, but again, it's in a, a pandemic. There's no crowd and things. Clay Congo is good. Fight the card back for now. Uh, that's a genuine fifty-fifty. Um, I haven't got a clue who'll win that. I've seen good stuff for Congo, uh, but I think he's been rarely in uh, very. Yeah, inactive. he's one who hasn't really broken through. I've heard he's meant to be really, really good. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure he was involved. I think he was a good amateur. It was GB squad. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Again, I mean, he's fought nobody. Absolutely, his record is just you know, uh, pudding. Sure. And Clay is his first real test. Yes, yeah, it is. It's rubbish, but. At the same time, though, it's not the this might this could be his breakout fight. Clay has certainly operated at a higher level, definitely. Uh, but this is a legit 50 50. How bad would it be for Eddie if Pavekin was to pop now, though? He, I, I, does anyone know if Pavekin has any Rottweilers or anything? Because <laughs> if he does, well, well, what's you know, as a pre-made excuse that he could have been just giving the dog steroids and that contaminated no, his sample and that would be acceptable. You're wrong there, Rob. You're wrong there because there's a new excuse that, 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 that men could use, but only the bravest of, of the <laughs> alpha males could use it. You know where yes. I'm going. Yeah, yes. Half the matchroom, <laughs> half the matchroom stable could be found guilty of it. <laughs> it, would, it, would, it would entail basically coming out the closet and saying, Gov... I swallowed a load last night. <laughs> I, I would have respect for anybody who went to those depths, though, Andy, oh. to be fair. I mean... Orlando <laughs> Cruz. Orlando Cruz, but honestly, yeah. God, <laughs> so, someone somewhere, some some, some males... Well, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. could come out using that excuse at the minute. By you said Mac. Mac. 
Orlando Cruz is just loading up his pictures of him posing with weightlifters in case anything goes wrong. Leave heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. But yeah, I actually believe it. No, Russ Abner, who does the the the, the hand wrapping and stuff like that for uh, Vasily Lomachenko, and they watch the corner for for music and stuff. He's kind of like putting the question. It's just why are people raging really about um, about people you know, you know testing dirty three four times. Why are you not raging at you know at the first time? I says, well, to be honest, mate. I says, when when you see excuses of people you know swallowing men's loads, you know, you, you, you know, you've got to wonder, he said, well, aye, but, you know, 100% for, for ingenuity, if, you know, for coming out with that comment, but at the same time, it's going to take a fucking brave man to come out and say, yeah, 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 I smoked some pink cigar and uh, I swallowed, you know, so, <laughs> somebody's going to come out with it at one point, surely, fuck. Somebody will. Right, so let's move on, boys, because we're getting towards the end of the show. We need to do the Super Featherweights as well, episode 379. Value of the Week's coming up. It might improve, in, include somebody who's popped. It might not. I'll keep you hanging on that one. Wrapping up, Kelly's with us. So is Andy, and so is Ozzy. Right, uh, Andy, quick one from you. Uh, Floyd's nemesis retired. Then he unretired TBE. Wan Hong Meniothin, 54-0, said he was done with boxing, and apparently... He's going to get an opportunity now. He's he's coming back. He's not retired after all. Any intel on uh, Wan Heng? Andy, I take it you saw the news during the week. Yeah, um, I thought he'd retired. Um, uh, and obviously he's reversed. It was two days later and stuff. Mm. And he's, he was meant to have his his debut in America and stuff. So uh, the TBE keeps rolling on. But um, to be honest. Um, it is a somewhat kind of lethargic, shall we say, resume. He's got three decent wins on his resume, shall we say. But um, I think he's really struggling. He needs, he needs. I think he would. He needs to get a unification fight, to be honest with you. But I think the whole Thai boxing scene is really in the shitter at the minute, to be honest with you. Um, and I don't know why that is. I need to, you know, go and have a look at things. Maybe speak to my my wife's uncle who stays over there and stuff. But it's. Um, by saying that as well, because you know, there's YouTube channels out there who actually you know, officially put out the fights, and they've been dead now for the best part of eighteen months. So I really don't know what's really happening. I say that you know, many often was it top rank he signed me, um, or was it was I forget who Golden Boy met, were looking at him. Golden Boy is that who it was? Yeah. Aye, so he's met him going over the defending his title and stuff, and COVID's hit. That's just put the whole thing up in the situation. And he said he's retiring, and two days later he, he reverses it. That's all I know at this point. Um, so I don't know what he's what he's planning on doing. Um, I don't even know what situations like over in Thailand at the minute for having fights and stuff. But as I say, it's very very quiet in that regard. Boxing scene, you know, it's just it just seems absolutely empty at this point. And it, 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 I, but when I say that, I don't mean like just now. I mean. Pre-COVID, mm. it was just nothing happening at all, actually, in, in, in the Thai boxing scene. Nothing whatsoever. No Thai boxing to speak of. Uh, Porky Rossi is knocking about in the chat. Porky's got his own show. Let's celebrate by having Porky in the chat by playing a little clip, shall we? To... Yeah, hi-ya! Bean! Could have been, could have been, should have been, never been. Baked bean, creepy bean, beanie, still skin. We're on to you. There you go, Russ. He's on to Bean. We'll have a bit of Bean here. I got told off during the week for putting up Bean-related content on the Facebook page. The casual left the page. He made a big diva exit. 
leaving his period stains on the carpet as he left. I'm going now. I don't <laughs> want any more any more bean related content. So off he went. I don't think he listens. Let's get on to the super featherweight, shall we, everybody? This list has been put in by Jason. No, it's by Marcus Knockout over on Twitter. Marcus Bellinger has thrown a list in for us. Same drill as usual. Let's go over the previous winners just as we start off, shall we? Last week, we had Roberto Duran winning the lightweights. Costa Zou won the light welterweights. Sugar Ray Leonard won the welterweight. Nino Benvenuti was the light middleweight champion. Sugar Ray Robinson, middleweight. James Tony super middleweight. Roy Jones Jr., light heavyweight. Evander Holyfield won the cruiserweights. And Larry Holmes won the heavyweights. Let's get on to quarterfinal number one for the super featherweights then. Who should we go to? Who should we go to? We'll start off with you, rapping Rob Kelly. I think we have... Two minutes or less on Julio Cesar Chavez versus Marco Antonio Barrera. Jesus Christ, like two of these in the first round. This is not right. Like, um, yeah, I, I'm gonna, if you're going prime for prime, I'm going to say Chavez edges it um, by him being able to have his way with him. But Barrera, Barrera can box as well as slug. So he may be able to outbox. Like he only saw Chavez really lose a portion of the Meldrick Taylor fight in his prime, and then Pernell, and then for the rest of it, like he was pretty dominant. Um, so I'm going to give Chavez the edge just on that one. But I'm sad to see my main man Marco Antonio Barrera go out at this stage. Barrera's gone. Rob's right, though. It would be a cracking scrap, prime for prime. That's what we go, Aussie. Uh, oh, Aussie's, Aussie's BRB, so we're going to have to sack him off for the time being. Uh, number two, then, Andy, two minutes or less to you. It's a solid list, isn't it? Just imagine these fights. Joel Casamayor of Cuba against Azuma Nelson. Casamayor Nelson. Oh, fuck. Um, again, I'm a big Nelson fan, so I'm going to go with him. Just ruggedness, toughness. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna say yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Nelson beat some on points. I'll say very cl- I'll say razor close on points actually. I'll go something like one fourteen, one twelve or something like that. Um I think Nelson, you know, very underrated boxer as well and his longevity was fantastic in that and sure the weight divisions that he fought in. I'm not saying Casamayor is is not a great fighter and stuff, but I just think, you know, if you look at his resume sp- 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 sorry, specifically at one thirty. I think uh, it's hands down, without question, you should go to Azuma Nelson. I mean, the guys he beat, you know, Mario Martinez, um, you know, okay, um, I think he beat him twice, uh, Gutierrez, Pat Cowdell, and all that type of thing and stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely going to going to say by Azuma Nelson this one. Azuma Nelson goes through. Just a note on Joel Casamayor. I'm sure I've told this story on the pod, but I was in Cuba in 2002. Uh, Casamayor was probably at the peak of his powers around that time. And I remember him mentioning him to a, to a guy, do you know, oh, Joel Casamayor, great fighter. The guy just looked at me, the smile wiped off his face immediately, and he spat on the floor and didn't say a word. Obviously, Casamayor was one of the defectors. So um didn't take too kindly <laughs> to my love for Joel Casamayor there. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, he's a staunch Cubican, Cuban you know, whatever they are. Uh, I wonder what his, his take would be on like Rigondo and stuff like that, but then I like to get his take on uh, Tefilo Stevenson, who refused all that money just to remain in the love of, was it 5 million Cubans or something like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, he was I'd have been on. defecting. I'd have been defecting as quick as I could. I <laughs> that money, baby. Fucking 5 million people. Fuck that. I'd have been straight to the bank. 
Didn't they buy him a bicycle or something, I think? No, it was a car. <laughs> it, sat, it sat outside his house for like 20 years. It didn't have any, any appeals. It was Bryn Jonathan Butler, remember? Yeah, yeah. So, Bryn, so Bryn goes to his house. He wants to do an interview with him. He's like, ah, um, well, it's going to cost you money and stuff. So uh, he just slip $100 under the table and he pours this big massive vodka and on, fresh orange juice. But it's like, it's like three quarters vodka. It's just like slightly washed in with fucking you know quarter topped off with orange juice and that. Yeah, what a mess he was in toward the end, like. Bryn's Hello, up, by the way, Bryn. Yeah, just as you say, it absolutely fantastic. One of the best in the business. Him, absolutely brilliant. Yep. The insight he's able to gain from fighters that are normally reclusive, from Tyson to Rigo to Jones to Andrew Ward, whoever it is, he gets to spend time with. He manages to take them out of their comfort zone and really tell him all about them which is a gift really that guy has and some of the insights he's given on the part over the years have been brilliant Andre Ward as well I thought that was a really good interview we did with him yeah that, that was the first time it's yeah, funny his mum and, and dad and yeah and that's the first time that people kind of got off Ward's case a bit like and resonated with him a bit say alright maybe he's fucking guided for a reason like the guy's had a shitty life like you know what I mean yeah. people were yeah. kind of berating him before that like and when that kind of came out then it came it, it became mainstream and, you know, I, think, I just think Bryn, Bryn Jonathan Butler, absolutely fantastic. And some of the stuff he did on the podcast, I think it's still on YouTube, um, as separate clips and that. Like, well worth the listen if you haven't heard it. Like, absolutely brilliant he is. Yes, he is. We should get Bryn back on again. I've read his book on Rigondo. He, he's brilliant. Um, doing the Cuban stuff. Good lad. Is Bryn. Let's go on to quarterfinal three, Andy. I hope you don't mind if I go to you on this one. I think you'd be all over quarterfinal number three. Alexis Arguello. Against a man we've done in punches from the past, in the past, against... Ca- no, it wasn't Casamoyor, was it? It was... Freitas. Freitas against... Who did he fight on the punches from the past we did? No. Um, oh, oh Barroso. Uh, Bar- no. Oh, fuck, what do you call it? Uh, Barrios. Jorge Barrios. Barrios, that's the one, yeah. Jorge, Harry, Jorge Barrios. Argentinian Brazil. I was sort of getting it. Yeah, it was a shame that I think it was never sold out because it was, even, even if it wasn't sold out, it was a great atmosphere. But... Um, you know who I'm siding with, and it's my man, Alexis Arguello, the absolute master of the you know, the basic techniques. Jab, right hand, left hook. I just think he'd be, he'd be doing it all night long. Um, Fretis, obviously, yeah, fantastic jab, good boxer, great right hand, superstar in his own his own country and that as well. But I just think, you know, looking at Arguello's record, through the three weight divisions that he was champion, not once did he lose his title. I think he was like 14-0 across title fights over three weight divisions and vacated each belt to got weight each time. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going Arguello. I'm going to say Arguello beats some... Hmm. No, if it's a 15-round fight, Steve, I'm going to say Arguello stops him late. I think he can cut him up, stop him late. I'm going to say 12-round stoppage. I agree. I think Freitas would last the distance in a 12, but Freitas was one hell of a puncher, but he tired as fights went on. Yeah, exactly. He got got wild, didn't he? And Argeo would slot one right down the pipe, I think. Exactly, exactly. And I think if you look at it as well, that Barrios fight, I think it was close. I think we need to go back and check, but I think it was close-ish. And uh, that right hand stood uh, Barrios up on his his back. Go back and watch that fight, guys. That right hand that that, that Freitas lands on Barrios, you just see him... He just basically tilts up on one leg and he's just like fucking perched there on one leg and, and then, he, then he falls. But it was a, it was a fantastic knockdown and knockout, shall I say. But without doubt, Aguero, my man, 
without the one's late stoppage. Well, I, I tell you what, I'd be I'd be remiss if I didn't jump in and quickly give a shout out to a man uh, from Wexford, Rodney Goggins. You'd love him, Andy. He's the uh, he was a world under twenty one amateur and a world amateur snooker champion. But uh, he's mad at the boxing and old school boxing uh, history stuff. But his two favourite fighters are Gerard and Alexis Aguilo. So yeah, I give him a quick shout out tonight. Yeah, I mean, if you if you watch Aguero against uh, Alfredo Escalara, it was a fight. I think it was either the I think it was the first fight in Puerto Rico, and he sliced him up, sliced him up, and done him even better in the, in the rematch in Italy. Uh, great, great fighter, Aguero. Just briefly, Andy, going back to Freitas Barrios, uh, I just wanted to mention a funny thing. Whenever Barrios was that badly cut, he grabbed the referee's arm and wiped his yeah. blood on his shirt so he could see again. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. Actually, I just pulled up a notepad, actually. I'm just trying to kind of look through something uh, something funny to kind of mention and stuff, but I, I kind of get to the notes on time and stuff. But yeah, it was a... Uh, it was that fight, yeah, he's just like, he couldn't see and stuff like that, so the referee's trying to break him up, he grabs a hold of him, wipes it over the back of his neck, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> oh, it was a bloodbath. It was innovative thinking there. Ozzy's back with us, just in time for quarterfinal number four, Ozzy. This one might be a bit of a bloodbath, actually, talking of bloodbaths. Floyd Mayweather against Rocky Juarez. Probably could have fight, found a better fighter if we'd have carried on than Juarez, but this is what Marcus has put in uh, for quarterfinal number four. No, I thought... It's a fair fight. Uh, I think it's one that Mayweather wins and pretty comfortably, to be honest. Um, I think Juarez, what was top amateur? Um, I think what did he challenge for? He's probably one of the best fighters never, uh, never to never win. A top, yep, I agree with that. He was, he was, he was always, always. He fought Chris John yeah. twice. Yeah. Um, you know, I give Zahir Rahim. Zahir Rahim, yeah. Um, I think he fought Marquez Barrera. Barrera, yeah. Um, I think he's got Olympic silver, numerous, numerous. He, he beat Barrios as well. Just, just to mention it, actually, just off the top of my head. Um, yeah, but f- f- I think we're talking Floyd at this point. Like, you know, he's like to me, this is this is a Floyd that that I like to watch. Somebody who fucking attacked, yeah, do damage. Chico Corrales, for example, I think I mean one thirty-five. Doesn't matter anyway. But at this point, Floyd's to me is is his best version. But I don't think he stops him. I, I think it's a brutal fight, but I don't think he stops him. I mean, durability-wise for Juarez, it was unreal, absolutely unreal. Um, I, I think Floyd would have loved the, you know, the his aggressive style, boring forward. But as you say, Andy, this is the Floyd that you know he had, the, you know, decent power then as well, mm-hmm. attacked. But I think it would have been. I, I don't see him stopping him. Um, but I think it's one of them that Juarez probably would have been tagged a hell of a lot uh, and took all sorts of shots but uh, Mayweather would have, would have run out a, re- a pretty wide points winner for me Okay, Floyd moves forward to the semi-finals then alongside Chavez, Nelson and Arguello, let's put him in the mixer and see what we get do, 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 do. Okay, wrapping Rob Kelly semi-final number one is between Julio Cesar Chavez and Floyd Mayweather Jr. Oh, fucking hell, hey, you, you better pick who I think you're going to pick Fucking hell. See, it's so hard with these two fighters because they had one of them had an undefeated record, the other one had an undefeated record where he could have retired and gone down as the greatest ever. And no one probably would have been able to argue that maybe would have been able to argue his resume and a robbery maybe on it, but I think Chavez maybe. I think Chavez. Well, the way no, hold on though, do you know what? 
the way Melody Taylor fought Chavez, um, the way Melody Taylor fought Chavez and Floyd's hand speed at 26, I'm going to say Floyd over 12 because I don't, I think if he got a lead against Chavez, which he could as a slow starter, I think if he got a lead against him, he'd be too cute to blow it. So I'm going to just give Mayweather the edge on points. Yeah, I think the Meldrick Taylor fight, Andy, probably holds, you know, a little key to what might happen. Yeah, um, and you don't see uh, Floyd going El Macho like Taylor tried to do. You know, that Philadelphia streaking him wanted to prove that he was more than a boxer and that, that he could take it away. You could, you, could, you could take it to the opponent and, and take it back and that, but Chavez in that fight all the way, man. Um, and that right that right hand, left hook to the body. Um, but again, you're talking Floyd, again, at his peak weight, I think. Um, I thought Rob would have went with Chavez and that, and I was kind of side with Chavez as well at that point. But, um, I just, I, I think like it's so difficult because you can say the only, the only way that I can make this, and I know this is just a quick thing that we're doing. We're not going to spend hours on it or anything, but um, the only reason I can have for it is that the blueprint of the style, the tricky fighter, t- twice, once against Sweepy, once against Magic Taylor. Floyd is every bit as good as Magic Taylor. Some people think he's as good as Sweepy. I think he's just behind Pernell Whitaker, but. Um, I think, like I said, he'd have too much ring IQ if he got an early lead against Chavez, which is entirely possible when you see how, how he started in those two fights. Um, I know we're going to let, let down the weights still, um, but I think if, if Fly got a lead, that he wouldn't blow it. But I, I'm, like, Chavez is going to fucking rough him up, like, and he's going to bring it to him for the whole night, and he's going to be there at the, right there at the end. And if Mayweather wasn't the real deal, Chavez would find it out. But I think, if you're looking at Fly, you never saw... Maybe, though, Castillo won, though. Right, so then it becomes a different argument. I know that's up, but Castillo at the time was 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 touted as the next Chavez, wasn't he? Like, was or wasn't really as good as him. So if he was able to do that to him in the first fight, who's to know? So I'm just for the for the purpose of furthering it on, I'm just going to say Floyd gets the edge and wins it. But it's it's almost impossible to call it. Chavez is there all the way, man. He's there to the bitter death. Even if he's chasing the fight, he's in it all the way. If we're talking peak for people, we're talking the Chavez that lost to Oscar. Mm. Talking about the man who was hungry, his peak weight was but lightweight. And not going away. Not going away. Exactly. So he's he's, he's not yielding for anybody. I think Rob's point, Andy, about the first Castillo fight is is very interesting because I thought Castillo won that. Pertinent point because he also had hand problems by this point, Floyd as well. Um, yeah, and there was times in that first fight against Castillo, he was getting caught in the ropes, and that's where Chavez goes to work. That's his office. Um, and he was bringing the heavy taxis on Floyd, I think. Left hand, left, sorry, left hook the body, straight right hands were, were, were pretty brutal. I, I mean, I watched the, the Jose Luis Ramirez fight with Chavez earlier on the day and stuff, and that, and that was his main punch. The lead right hand against against the southpaw and stuff. And I know Floyd's not a southpaw, but it just showed you as well because when when Chavez came out for that fight, Ramirez was a come forward fighter. So what did Chavez do? Give him side to side movement, move the head and stuff. So people maybe you know didn't really relate to Chavez that way. He could actually think himself way through a fight as well. He could box when he had to box, but ultimately he was he was he was a fighter. But you know. For the best part of his career and stuff like that, which he learned in the pro ring, he could box and he could move and he could slip the head when he wanted to as well. 
Yeah, I don't think I know well, these man. Such, it, it, yeah, it's, that's probably the toughest one we've had since we started doing that. To, to split, I think. The, those two, how the fuck can you split them? Like, just, you know. Anybody could be up in an argument, you know. You, 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 you're talking for two minutes or less on this one, Steve. Fucking 22 minutes fucking mm-hmm. talking about this mm-hmm. fight, you know? No, I know, I know. No, you are right. What about this next one then, semi final number two, Andy? This is all yours. Azuma Nelson against Alexis Arguello. Well, um, I'm going to go Arguello. Um, again, 15 rounds. Um, yeah. See, by this point, I, I, I'm thinking this isn't a green Azuma Nelson like he was against Sanchez, for example, which was at featherweight. This is like an Azuma Nelson who's probably like you know he's been through you know, Jeff Fennick, Calvin Grove, Gabriel Ruelas. He's you know he's fighting Jesse James Leha. Um, but I, I still I, I still think that Aguero's textbook style is going to be enough. He's got a long reach. I think he'll be able to keep uh, Nelson, you know, at the end of the jab, right hands. Could punch too. He could, oh aye, without doubt, he could bang. But I don't think he knocks out Nelson. If he does, he would do it late or it's purely an exhaust. I mean, I, I'm thinking like a kind of Salvador Sanchez type knockout. Mm. But I don't see Arguello as the same type of fighter as, 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 as Sanchez. Sanchez could up the pace gradually as the fight wore on. He got far better as the, as the fight wore on. He was, I thought he had more repertoire. Whereas I see Aguero is like your, your classic three punch, you know, classic, you know, like, again, I, I go back and say that, you know, three punches you learn in the gym, jab, right hand, left hook, or if you're a you know, off of, uh, southpaw, reverse it, you know, so, and, and that's what Aguero was fantastic at doing. Jab, pick the right hand. I mean, fuck, he, he made Aaron Pryor look at the lights up above, up above the ring one night with a right hand, fuck's sake. Uh, I think it was the first fight. But um, I'm going to say Aguero. I'm going to, uh, he wins it on points. I'm going to say he wins on points. Aguero on points goes through to the final. Then all three of the boys will get a pick and obviously we'll clock it off. Whoever gets the two gets the victory. The final first to you, Ozzy. Alexis Arguello against Floyd Mayweather is our super featherweight final. Arguello against Mayweather. Uh, oh, I'm not sure. Um, I'm really not. Obviously, Aguero's long before my time, so I've only seen, you know, rerun, you know, bits of highlights, reruns, occasional fights. Um, Andy's probably told me more then than I've even seen. Um, it's difficult. I don't think I can give, like, a fair answer because I haven't seen, you know, enough to even say who it is. Obviously, you've seen Floyd. Floyd's argued probably at his peak, you know, probably out one three five. Um, Excellent there. And truly, you know, he attacked... Um, Aguero, I'm not sure. I mean, it was interesting that you picked him to beat Nelson, who I thought was excellent, um, who was tough as old boots, attacked the body, things like that, mean left hook. Um, I'm really not sure. You're probably best speaking to the other two, probably give a, a fairer prediction. I'd be kind of guessing in a way. Tell you what, I'll give it a draw, right? And we might have the rematch next week for content. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'm not sure. I'm really a, not sure. Uh, Chuck Roos jumped in on your behalf. Then he says, I'm going to shock people. Arguello stops 130 Floyd in round 12. So we'll have Chuck Roo picking Arguello on your behalf. And Ozzy, is that fair? I disagree with that one. Go on then, Andy. Well, Arguello, as I say, was, was a classic. But he was also very, very upright. And if you look at Floyd against Chico Corrales, who, you know, Chico was a very, very tall, super featherweight at that time. 
I would probably say roughly about the same size, maybe as as Arguel. And you look at how Floyd handled them. I think Floyd would, would toy with a kind of taller, rangier fighter and stuff. Especially again, as I say, fight at that time, won't let his hands go. Hands maybe wasn't as, as bad as what they were up at you know one thirty five, one forty, one forty seven and stuff. I I, I think uh, Floyd would would trounce him on points actually. Um, no, no mean to say that you know he would have his have his problems with that, but I just think Floyd. You know, at that point, he could fight it out, but sometimes he could be defensively responsible on that as well. So, yeah, I'm going to say Floyd, wide on points. There we go, one apiece, sort of. Rob, who you got? Well, as usual, Andy takes the words out of my mouth there. Like, I was going to use the Corrales fight as a comparison of Floyd getting inside against a taller guy. I think his style is just too advanced for Aguilo. You know, classic style everything off the jab, straight up and down, as Floyd would say, no special effects, but he did have special effects, he was an incredible fighter, but I think out of all the fights, Chavez gives Floyd the best fight out of this, out of this, and someone else would have given him a good fight as well, um, but I think, yeah, I think this is a clear decision for Floyd, I think, again, a decision, don't think he'd stop him, although he could have stopped him back then, because he was stopping a lot of people back then, he was stopping everybody before, as Andy said, he broke his hand, so, um, and he wasn't afraid to come forward, he was, he was, not that he was ever afraid to come forward, but he wasn't using that evasive style as much. He could do it. I don't see Aguero causing him any problems. Ala Castillo um, or Maidana, which are the only two that really kind of gave him real trouble, apart from that flash moment. Judah to a degree, but again, hand speed played a factor with that. And Mosley, of course, caught him. But, you know, unless you're hitting him with the with the Taurus hammer and you catch him, um, you're not winning that fight, I don't think. So I'm going to say Floyd. There we go, Floyd, it is. Yeah, we're going on to Bellew of the Week, Sandy, so if you want to slide out for a second, you're more than welcome. For the record, not that anybody cares, I would have picked Floyd as well, but Argello was a good fighter. Such a hard puncher and real real good straight boxer, but Floyd would have found a way, I think, to beat him. So, yeah, I'll go for Floyd as well. Jason Chukwu is desperate for me to read his list out. I will read your list out, Jason, but as everything on this show, it comes at a price. So you know what I'm going to have to do, don't you? Just before we do so, hold on. I fell asleep. There we go. Jason Chukwui, for the record, said for the Super Featherweight Tournament, I'm going for Floyd Mayweather, Azuma Nelson, Alexis Arguello, Eric Morales, Kid Chocolate, Bobby Chacon, Julio Cesar, Chavez Senior and Marco Antonio Barrera. Honorary mention for Gennaro Hernandez, um, Wilfredo Gomez, Brian Mitchell and so many others. I've forgotten as well some names, says Jason, so thank you for throwing them in. Right, let's go on to Belly of the Week then, shall we? For episode 379, Aussie's still with us, so is Andy, and so is rapping Rob Kelly. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Just up to the 20,000 mark now, all enjoying themselves on this Sunday evening. Our first nomination is for Jevon, who uh, tweeted out during the week, Eddie Relentless Hearn, speaking on how he and DeZone are going to be tough on managers and fighters uh, and gain more control to change the sport of boxing post-pandemic. No retreat, no surrender. Inspirational stuff here, says Jevon. Tommy Cahill has nominated the mighty Tony Bellew talking on Sky Sports. He says he will jump on Tyson Fury, uh, uh, talking about Joshua, by the way, and he will not care about what's coming back. And at some point he will land. Tony Bellew thinks Joshua will knock Tyson Fury out. Uh, David Almond has nominated Spencer Oliver. Here's the amazing results of my hair transplant after five months. Can't thank the British Hair Clinic enough, says Spencer. If you're thinking about getting your hair done, DM me for info. Uh, Eggy Phil has nominated John O'Carroll and John Joe Nevin, Rob. Going back uh, going back and forward this week, the cynic in me says Nevin maybe sees the uh, 
the hands of time are running out here and he wants to get a payday trying to goad Carroll up into a fight? Yeah, well, I, I'm not going to go into it on this, but allegedly John Joe has other fish to fry as well in Ireland. Um, he's getting himself, allegedly, getting himself into, into not great situations. So, yeah, I think it could be right there. A waste of a career for John Joe Nevin. Um, you know, again, Olympian, a highly, highly touted amateur, beat the best in the world. Um, only lost to Campbell in the in the Olympics in the UK. Um, gotten medals. Term, uh, that disputes or uh, feud in his hometown broke his leg. Went to the states, got with the dropkick Murphys. Who I have my own personal history with that I won't get into the, on this pod. But um, yeah, no, look, they, they, um, you know, John Joe. It's a waste of a career, as I said, in the short term. Like a, a guy is just blown his pro career, and I don't know if he'd be favoured to beat John O'Carroll now. To be honest with you, I don't think he would. Yeah, it's a strange situation, especially where Carroll has come from. We've gone through the, De- the Garrity fight in the past. We'll not go over that again. Gary Kavanagh was one of many people to nominate Boxing Kingdom and Fanon Boxing. Tyson Fury tried to kill Deontay Wilder, says this guy, Fanon Boxing, uh, with an incredible outburst on Tyson Fury, his team and the Kronk Gym. Fanon claims from a hidden source that Fury's gloves were loaded. He was on steroids. Wilder's food was drugged and they tried to kill him. I can't believe we're still going through this nonsense, but it seems we are. Hatton Bomb, knocking about in the chat there, is nominated O'Hara Davis, not able to work out the mathematics of Liverpool's league win. Darms has nominated Fan and Boxing as well. Uh, Gavin Stevens has nominated uh, Tony Bellew. Tom Wise brought it to our attention. Bellew and Akin Fenwa on the Sky Sports Football Watch Along. Bellew just described watching Bobby Firmino as watching an episode of Narcos. Nothing like a bit of racial bounce to start off a derby, boys. Uh, the WBC have been nominated from David Almond for congratulating Liverpool on winning the title. A bit random, says David. A Bombs Boxing has listed the uh, top, I don't know whether it's 20 or whatever, most overrated UK fighters in no particular order. Uh, he's gone with Joe Calzaghe, Joe Joyce, Daniel Dubois, Prince Nazim Hamed, Anthony Joshua, Joe Ke- uh, Josh Kelly, sorry, Ricky Burns, David Price, David Allen, Scott Quigg, Josh Warrington, Frank, Frank Bruno. Anthony Crawley, Cal Yafai, Terry Flanagan, Dochizora, and Chris Eubank Jr. I think he did a bit of trolling there, that lad. Anthony has nominated Fanon as well. Trading Leather Boxing has nominated Dominic Ingle, letting his kids play with nitrous canisters, making a bit of a... What they were doing? Making some kind of a sculpture out of it or something, anyway. Uh, JP at Smigger's Titties has nominated Tony Bellew for reposting a fake screenshot. Oh, oh Smigger! Smigger there! Serena Williams didn't say, Andy. Go ahead. The, 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 you know, that, that, that whale eh, decided to break curfew and lockdown rules and goes and celebrates Liverpool's uh, title uh, win with his son, who, by the way, he pictured drink a can of lager. <laughs> Which is like nine, ten year old? What the fuck, dude? <coughs> so you don't always break the law by breaking lockdown rules, you also break the law by giving your son alcohol. What the fuck? In public, in the streets, you look like a fucking shithole. Fucking hell. Your first, your first title year in 30 years, by the way, you go and destroy the city, set fire to buildings and stuff like that. Fucking hell. Bible of Boxing, uh, The Ring, has been nominated by uh, David Almond. Who would you like to see Oscar De La Hoya fight? If it, they, these were the choices. They, they then listed out the choices. Rob, we don't want to see Oscar De La Hoya coming back, for goodness sake. Getting punched in the head is the last thing he needs. Oh, is it? <laughs> Sometimes you get what you're asking for, Steve. You know what I mean? Um, Oscar can't need the money, surely. 
with all the fighters he's represented so well over the years and his uh, his his career earnings surely he's had a divorce has he the missus got fed up with it the outer, outer ring carry on did she I don't know maybe he's had a divorce I'm in the last half I'm not sure if he has about, it. I don't know. Uh, who's that an idea. Oscar Oscar yeah but is, is she not some sort of Puerto Rican pop singer or something like that really pretty woman she got kidnapped or something one time or so. there was a weird kidnapping story wasn't there I know they said Oscar was going to get kidnapped by the cartel didn't he get threatened before the Chavez fight or something something, something, something rehab, like Anyway, I don't want to see Oscar back in the ring in, on a serious note. Great fighter, absolutely tremendous fighter, whatever we say about his character or his persona. He was um, brilliant in the ring and uh, fought everybody and gave up advantages to fight people and stuff. You know, he had balls for, for sure and, and is a legend of the sport. Do we want to see him back at 20? I mean, 2020 is crazy anyway, so he could be back. You know what I mean? Tyson's on the verge of a comeback, so... Uh, maybe it's just the, the in vogue thing now for X fighters to do to say to drum up a bit of publicity. But from what I could see, I get get suckered in on these ac- accounts sometimes, so I don't know what's real and what's fake. So, but it seemed legit anyway. The source that he wanted to come back. So who would he even fight? What weight would he come back at? One sixty eight. I don't know. Like fucking Oscar, give it a break, man. Will you give us a fucking break? Nobody wants to see you back in the ring, man. Relax, like. Nah, in and, around his, in, in and around his prime, he fought Felix Sturm up at middleweight and he looked like shit, didn't he, with a little belly. He don't want him coming back and fighting Mike Tyson. Maybe he can fight Orlando Cruz coming in looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's taken that many PEDs, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Still wouldn't mind a go. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't want to see Oscar back. No, we don't want to see Oscar back. Uh, Michael Hunter has... Um, called out Kevin McGee's economics nominated this one. Kevin McGee said, Bacoli would fucking obliterate you. You got lucky and you know it. Hunter said, obliterate, verb, destroy utterly, wipe out. And then he quoted, the memory was so painful that he obliterated it from his mind. He's quite clever, Hunter. I actually like him on um, on Twitter. He's quite funny. And Mike Coppinger, here we go then, boys. Ozzy, you can have the first say on this one. Breaking news, Jarrell Big Baby Miller has tested positive for a performance-enhancing <laughs> substance. <laughs> And has been pulled out of his July 9th fight with Jerry Forrest, uh, sources tell the Athletic. Jarrell, I've got an excuse for you, baby. In fact, I've got two excuses you could use, but I'll let Ozzy speak first. Come on, Ozzy, sticking up for Jarrell. Come back to me, I'm just brushing my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> He's clearing out the PEDs, go on then, Ander. Yeah, well, you know, well, he's got two options that I can think of here, actually. Um, one is to do what, uh, is what uh, the Miss Fooch did and c- uh, claim that he swallowed a load uh, that, was, that was tainted and basically come out the closet. Um, or, or, he could, or he could come out and use the, the, you know, what was used for John Jones recently. But I think John Jones, the MMA fighter, came out with, he, he filled a, a test I don't know, about a year or so ago, and it was related to his previous uh, uh, field test, and they called it some something like, like a, a pulsing effect. So basically, his, his system was retaining something of this drug, and at some point, it might just like you know just burst into the system, so to speak. So uh, there's there's two things that Gerald could use to kind of get out of the sticky situation. But what a fucking mug, you know. But um, sh- sh- shall we say this though, Tony Bellew? Um, very, very vocal on the situation. It was zero dark thirty when Dylan White popped positive, though. 
the same Aussie as Sky Sports Boxing, isn't it? They're tweeting out like mad. You didn't hear a frigging peep from them for about five days whenever anything happened with White. So brush my teeth. Has he spat and swallowed? He's unmuted. What do you think, Rob? <laughs> Man, listen. Big baby Miller. His son must be fucking Superman, by the way. Son of Joel. Fucking pumped up to the maximum. Has he got kryptonite? Yes, he fucking has. Getting popped for steroid juice. Seems to be the kryptonite of this Joel. Holy shit. Look it. I don't want to go all in on him. I did want to go all in on him. And I saw more than one person make a remark that he needs psychiatric help. So maybe when he was saying he was a bad man and all in the press conferences, he really meant, yeah, I'm a bad man. I'm going to cheat as much as I can. I'm going to put as much steroids in this little fat body as I possibly can to, to gain an advantage. And that's what I do. So good luck to the doping agencies trying to catch me. COVID time. He, you know, he, played, he got that memo when he went, well, I, you know, free pass, free get out of jail card, start again and cycle off. Well, unfortunately for him, he wasn't able to cycle off quick enough. Sarah has washed her hands of him. So where does he go from here? I'm sad yeah. to see that now, to be honest. Even oh. Sarah's not backing him. I was, I was going to say as well, like, I mean, he's, he's basically saying six weeks ago that he, he, the reason why he popped is because of stem cells that he received for some sort of injury he, was, he had right, in his elbow. Right. The other thing is this, can we also narrow down Jenny Fuchs, his uh, boyfriend, as to why she, you know, you know, as to whose load she swallowed and it was tainted? Clearly going to be fucking big baby Miller, man. I mean, <laughs> you know, like... Considering what he popped for the last three, you know, the last time it was EPO, steroids, and HGH, they fucking blew up the lab, man. They, what did she fucking pop and positive? That, that way, that is the people are saying, well, she needs to swallow so many, so much sperm to try and pop positive. Well, if you swallow that fucking amount, you know, gorilla cum and try sip a pee and all that sort of stuff, man, she'd be fucking. They were the talkers and the smoky bacon walkers. Imagine Miller came back with that excuse that he did swallow something and then they said that's fine but we know that this was administered by needle <laughs> <laughs> you got anything for us Oz, before we move on on Jarrell oh I don't think there's much else that can be said really the, the guy's a fucking clown I mean it, it must be mentally that he, he just feels he can't go into you know a fight without you know taking something and the fact that Look, he, he blew the biggest opportunity he had, uh, which was a world title fight for three uh, three belts because of Peds. It kind of did him... He got a profile from it. Bob Arams backed him on the way back. How the fuck can you back this guy again? The, the, the trust... I mean, he's taking Peds to fight fucking no one. Absolutely nobody's. What is the guy playing at? In my opinion, they should make an example of this guy and ban him indefinitely. Fuck him off. Let's get rid of him. Uh, let him go box on Bieber or something like that. We might see him against Scotland you know or something like that. Um, but no, it's, it is it is a joke. Absolute joke what he's done. He clearly doesn't care. Uh, will we hear from him? I'm not sure. What ex As Andy says, what excuse is he going to use now? Um, I, I have no idea. He's clearly no remorse. Well I think I think it's a dangerous game for the governing bodies because I agree with lifetime bans, but I think they're hesitant, really, really hesitant to set a precedent there where they administer a lifetime ban because 
testing is improving and realistically they know everybody's on the juice man every single one yeah. of them even the ones that you don't want to think around it they're on something like somebody's on, you know it's like watching the olympics they're all doping like so um i'm i'm i think they're very hesitant to go down the road, road of lifetime bans yeah good old joel he'll be back in the ring soon no doubt anyway soccer am have got tony bell you on he's been nominated for that david farmer has nominated uh, kevin gillespie for saying price would smash wilder to bits uh, javier serrano here, Andy, has nominated uh, Chavez. I blame Canelo. What's he doing on this video, old Chavez? I think, I think he's gone a bit bonkers. Oh, God. Uh, what is he doing? So he walks in with the jeans up past the ankles, the high heels, a bag, and just walking like what? an absolute Nancy. You know, so... Who was that, Chavez Junior Senior? Yeah, no, it's Junior. Come on, Senior. senior. I was thinking. I said, holy shit, man. Uh, I must have gave him something. Junior, no, but I don't know if, really if, if anybody knows... CCE, baby. Game, uh, Raging Babe on Twitter apparently claimed who's who did he, who was it he fought his last fight who was that again Danny Jacobs wasn't it Danny Jacobs that's who it was she claimed uh, either during the fight or just before it that he was actually a cocaine head and this was the guy right this guy actually it, it makes sense now to me because he went only a plane and coolly can go up to Mexico City somewhere right this is before COVID or something like that or COVID was kind of like going a bit the place at the time, and he looked like shit. And this passion system, my god, look at the state of you. You got COVID or something like that. And he went like that. I have, so that kind of tells you the kind of state he must have been in, by the way. Fucking hell, yeah, he's on the cartel gear. Him, oh, I clearly <laughs> can. Oh, I, yeah, there's no, there's no hope for that guy, anyway. Uh, Joe Kennedy has nominated Big Baby Miller as well. He uh, also tweeted Serafina, who admitted that she has uh, washed her hands. You would, big baby, you would, eh? Oh, Sarah, yeah. Yeah, big fan of Sarah Fina, me. She's looking for Ozzy. a job. She'd get on here. Ozzy? Yeah. Yeah. Rob? Oh, absolutely. Sarah Fina in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Old Rob. He should become a rapper. Uh, Leonard Ellaby <laughs> has... Leonard Ellaby has been nominated by Big Right Hook, who is a bigger draw at 30 and 35 than Tank. Not Lomachenko, Haney, Lopez, Garcia, Leo or Shakur. Like I said, all can get in line. Uh, David has nominated uh, Sky Sports as well for Joel Big Baby Miller. Joe Kennedy has nominated Sam Jones, who votes we see Fury versus White rather than the Wilder Trilogy. I'll start the vote. I'm going to have to mute that Sam Jones. It's something. It's on my to-do list, actually. A trader <laughs> of the boxing has nominated Tyson Fury, another one of Fury's made-up events. He's been uh, text-messaging Dillian White, apparently, and he's put it up on his Twitter. A uh, trader of the boxing has also nominated Tony Bellew. You can use PEDs if you're my mate or if you're fighting on Sky, says Tony. it be interesting to see if Bellew uh, commentates on White against Povetkin. I'm sure he'll have no problem jumping on there. Also, Sam Dorsett. I know Miller has it in the bag. But Tony Bellew needs a mention purely for Tony's inconsistency on drugs cheats. Nothing when White failed and clearly defending Saunders' his drug test. We know what Bellew is by now. We absolutely know what oh, he is. Oh, Saunders, remember, he retired. Can you put that for Bellew the week as well? What is that all about? Because I didn't actually watch the video. I saw it going I didn't, about. I didn't even watch it either, mate. I mean, it's fucking um, Saunders at the end of the day. He doesn't want to be involved in boxing if the only man he can trust is being hounded out of the sport unjustly. Him and Ben Davidson, the two of them, were pleading their case the other night. It's not fair that Daniel Kinahan has been run out of boxing because Billy Joe Saunders needed to do his contract and if he's not going to be around, he wants to retire. So, there you have it. He's a knob, isn't he, Saunders? Flip's sake. Him and Bell, you're right up there. 
Um, any nominations from you, Andy? Um, no, really, mate. Kind of quiet week for me. Probably Big Baby um, coming out there yesterday. Um, bit of a shocker. Uh, um, Trying to think who else now. Um, no, I've been kind of quiet. I mean, obviously, I think, uh, I think Broder had his rap album come out recently and Ooh. someone put out a review. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> shit. Holy shit, man. I used Abs- to do it, man. Fuck. I used to do it. Did I you? I used Yeah. Oh, it's bad. And it's, it's, like, it's like someone auto-tuned one of his fucking interviews. It's horrible. <laughs> the can, man. Uh, the can, man. Anybody can get it, you know. So, yeah, I, apparently that was a, a, you know, a big hit. Um, I think that's it, really. Um, obviously, this situation is just kicking off on Twitter now between Eddie Hare and Lou DiBella and Amando Serrano. Katie Taylor's uh, been added in it as well, so maybe get off here and go and watch the, the outfall. But Eddie loves his words. He plays his own words and stuff, you know. So, yeah. I'm going to go Big Baby, though. Um, it's got to be Big Baby, isn't it? Oh, honest to God, man. You know, he... Just watch this space. I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to hear what the excuse is going to be for this one, because everybody's got an excuse. Oh, what's the me gov? Uh, yeah, no, I've tainted water. No, I've tainted meat. No, no, I, I swallowed a bad batch. No, I took up the ass. Sorry, it was this. It was that. Fuck off, man. I'm, I can't wait to hear what he's going to say about this one. Now, according to Bob Arum, it's one of the th- three drugs he's been done from the, what I read, reading it was steroids so it's that GRW15 shit whatever it's been done for so it's uh, yeah that's, put it this way if he was British and okay the UK isn't fantastic they are without doubt compromised <laughs> but I'm telling you right now if he was a British fighter with his track record that is a life ban Four years max at least, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, they would not fuck about if he was British, by the way. Maybe make an example of him and stuff like that, whatever and stuff. But I know, I know certain fighters get treated differently, and you know, the list of known fighters aren't they? But I think, wait, wait, steroids, EPO, HGH, you know, that's a, that is a fucking foot, that is a, that is a fucking booner. What you is- said there, Andy, actually sums up my feelings on it. It's the way. There's a few things around the drugs that annoy me. Rather than the fact that people are taking drugs and get away with it or whatever, I haven't really got too much of an opinion on that because it's so widespread. It's the virtue signaling, the morality, the two-faced bullshit. Oh, it's okay if he does it because he's my mate, but if he Uh, does it, then I'm not going to, you know, he's an absolute drugs cheat and he should be banned from the sport forever. It's the guy saying they should never fight again when it's someone else's fighter and then they're happy promoting other drugs cheats, that they're crying because someone's died in the ring, yet they're happy to promote other people like that. That's what annoys me about the whole yep. thing it's the fact that people like Liam Cameron who get the book thrown at them but the other guys who've got money to fight the thing can fight it it's the hypocrisy and the virtue signaling that I hate about the whole thing if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a fighter these days I want to move to China or move to fucking Mexico because I know I can take Clambutrol and still pass a fucking drugs test no problem because I'm going to allow to be have a I'm allowed to you know have this a certain amount of this in my system because you know I've got tainted meat you know, these people, I mean, fuck sake, I, I say, I'm harping back again, but we've heard it all, you know, or it was, um, you know, it was, you know, it was a muscle supplement, it was, it was a supplement over the counter I bought, something a magazine that I got, you know, so there's always an excuse, and you see, the virtual thing is, it's just, it's just, it's just fucking, it just rages me sometimes, because as I say, 
the Dillian White one is, is incredible. And look, don't take my word for it. If, if you know people, ask the quick and question yourselves. But apparently the excuse that was used by him is that why he got that shit in his system is because he, he was feeding steroids to his dog but via the vet. And he was feeding it to him via his dog food and he was using it in his hands. He was mixing it together. And this is how he got into his fucking system. Seriously, that's how the that, that is apparently the excuse that was accepted. Now you've got a woman fucking swallowing, I don't know how much fucking man spunk, fucking throwing drugs tests, right? And that's been that, you know, that's been allowed. You've got Canelo, you've got WBC flyweight champion Cesar Martinez, whatever his name is, and you've got Bar- somebody else that was a Burchell and that. Mexican fighters, champions, throwing drugs tests, but being okay because you know they could trace it back to tainted meat. It's just, it's just, it's just an open season. And at the end of the day, is this is the the person with the biggest and best bullshit story to can come to come out with and beat the testers. That is what's going to get used. I mean, fucking hell, swallowing man milk and dog meat with steroids. This is how you're feeling tests these days. Jesus Christ, man, just own up to your shit. Yo, yeah, sorry, Goff. You know, be like Chill Sonnen, for example. You know, when he got caught for the steroids and they came back and they, they, they told him I think his testosterone ratio was something like 12 to 1 or whatever it was. Joe Sonnen says, seriously, 12 to 1? Go back and retest that shit. It should be at least 18 to 1, 20 to 1. You know, basically saying, look, look guys, you've caught me. Okay, I'll own up to it, but it's higher than that shit, man. I know what I should have been caught for, but you didn't catch me for it. You caught me for testosterone, known the steroids and all that sort of other stuff. As Rob says, everybody is fucking at it. And we all want to turn a blind eye and stuff like that, but we go back to it and say this, the day someone dies in the fucking ring and that drug test comes back positive, that is when the fucking hit ground zero and the sport is possibly going to get banned. Because you can't tell me there's not a neurosurgeon out there that anybody can argue with that this sport should, especially in this current era of you know, sensitivity and all that sort of thing, that this sport should still be fucking legal. You know, these arseholes going to be fucking steroids with HGH, EPO. That, that, that's Lance Armstrong territory. E- if you're not EPO. tough on drugs, that's fine. But don't pretend like you are. Don't you, you know, I always say, don't listen to what people say. Watch what they do. Don't promote the people. If you're tough on drugs, don't promote them. As soon as anyone fails, instead of thinking to yourself, how can I get them off? What is the damage limitation we can do? Say, let's get to the bottom of this. Let's open mm. everything up and see if this person is a cheat or not. And if so, or not use them. I know I'm living in a fantasy world here, but stop telling me that you're tough on drugs. If you're not, that's fine. Don't lie to me. Eddie's telling Gerald Miller at the time. Not she... just Eddie either, because I know. The, the others are just as bad. Yeah, I, 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 as well. I, I, I know, but I'm just going to bring these two in. So for example, when Eddie, <laughs> when, when Eddie says that when, when Gerald Miller uh, positive, you know, Eddie says, look, if you can't beat Joshua Clean, just lose my fucking number, right? And then what happens? Fucking top rank signs him up in a fucking, was it? I, I forget the contract. He gets another opportunity. He's, he was getting ready to go on ESPN. Prime time television. And he fucking pops positive again. You've got Floyd Mayweather apparently getting caught off fucking Usada. Walked into his fucking house. Floyd's lying on his couch with an IV drip in his fucking arm. If you need it, if you're so dehydrated, you need an IV. Why the fuck you take it in the house? Why not go to the hospital? That's where you may fucking take it. Not in the fucking house. And that, that's the that's the main example of why this can't work. Because I remember when he got popped for the Joshua fight, and I said there's going to never be a tough stance on drugs unless all, all the promoters who have the power in this make a gentleman's agreement to say if he gets popped with you, he's not signing with us. 
But of course, that didn't happen. He gets a six-month ban from the New York Commission, and he's back active. And Adam willfully sends him up. So he gets what he deserves from that. Not that he's going to give a shit at his age with all the money he has. It's going to be a minor blip on the road for Bob Arum. So don't rule it out happening again. Like. Right. Let's move on anyway. Uh, but Joel Big Baby Miller has been nominated by me and Andy. Have you got any nominations, first of all, Rob? If not, tell us who you're going for. <laughs> Just a quick one for Benio. He was on about the fight camp on one of the YouTube interviews or something. And... Uh, he first thought that the show ring was the real ring and he said someone's going to get hurt here, mate. <laughs> you can't have a ring this small. And then uh, then he said, but what he realised, it's just going to be great events and barnstorming fights. <laughs> and I just thought, you fucking prick, you man. Shut up. Company man. Like, these are not going to be barnstorming fights, all of them. Like, fucking hell. Um, yeah, so uh, just a quick mention for Bellew, but it's got to be big baby, man. And I hope he's well psychologically because Ludabella said he needs a psych doctor and so did Serafina. Like, so um, he, could have issue, he could have serious issues and I'm sure he's going to be in a bad spot now. But <laughs> what the fuck? All I can think is that, like Andy said, it's got, he, was, he was juicing so much the last time that the juice is still in him because he couldn't be that stupid to pop for the same shit that he got popped for the last time to be still using it. How could you do that? Like, you could this is the fifth time he's popped in all sports, by the way. The fifth time. So, it's safe to assume that he's been doping his entire fight history. Like, he could have killed someone by now. So, you know what I mean? It's dodgy territory. So, big baby winner for, for popping again. And that's what everyone will remember him for forever now. Yeah. No, I see the guys talking in the chat, and that, that I hope I got my point across. It's not necessarily the issue with the fact that they're taking drugs. I don't really know where I stand on that because I don't have enough knowledge. It's the fact that the people who keep saying they're tough on drugs, and, and it's the hypocrisy that annoys yeah. me more about it. You know, if, if you want them to let them take drugs, then fine, just say that. Stop trying to make it as if you're all against it, and then, you you know, I've made my point anyway. Ozzy, any, sorry, Andy, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, that, you know, the testers are way behind these people. I mean, you've, you've got a guy in China, for example, fucking making up this new batch. You know, Aussie, Aussie watched the, the Icarus uh, documentary as well. You know, the, the lengths the Russians went to fucking, to, you know, to cheat the system. You yeah. know, if you, if you get someone just about a modicum of intelligence to fucking beat it like that, like a, like a Victor Conte, you know, for example, you know, you just, you know, you can through for years without problems. I've yeah. seen it, seen it before. Um, I watched a video on Rich, with Richard Poxon on his um, his channel, and he had Larry Olibama on. Lo- yeah, we, we had them on. We had them on as well, way back in the day. Yeah, and Olibama was on recently talking basically, and he said I'd come out and do it again. At least he's honest, but he said that basically, if you've got cash, you can be so far ahead of these the people that there are ways you can mask stuff. And as long as you've got deep pockets, you'll never be caught. And it's your own fault if you get caught, basically. Well, here's a, here's a question for you quickly. Yeah. See, here's, here's one for you quickly. Do Is there an asterisk over this era when you look back at it compared to the entire history of boxing? Because we're pretty sure that there was no doping up to a point until it became a thing. And now, like, you made a point about it, Andy, about Floyd. Like, the Floyd we saw against Pacquiao, there was very careful PR going on in the build-up to that. 
if you remember, because Alex Ariza was skulking around in the background, and all of a sudden, Floyd was back to chopping trees. That was his regime. He's chopping trees, chopping trees to get big to fight Pacquiao. And then it comes out after the fight that he had a therapeutic use exemption, retrospective one, granted yeah. by the yeah. Nevada Commission. So mm-hmm. you think he's the greatest fighter of this era? There's huge question marks to be answered about him. Legitimately, probably about Pacquiao too. And yet, you know, the list goes on. The list goes on for fellas that didn't pop, that we know didn't ever fail, ever fail tests or whatever, but still have had, you know, shady occurrences. Like, so maybe there is an asterisk over this era, like as See, the big, open era or whatever. Big, just on Big Larry, for example, we, we had him on the podcast way back in the early days and stuff. And you know, it's, it's, this is staggering. I'm going to repeat it again. The only reason Larry got caught, I believe, was because he had bought his gear online for a guy in China, and somehow the American DEA got a hold of that fucking that purchase or whatever it was, and they alerted the British authorities, who then had alerted the British Board of Control, because I think at that point Larry, I think uh, I'm right in saying that only for British title level and above were drug tested. I think I'm right in saying that. I don't know if it's changed now, but I think I'm right in saying that at that point, that was the only thing right. that was ever done. It's right, mate. It's right. Yeah, it is right. To an old pro, yeah. Really exactly. A small old uh, show in the back end of nowhere. He got caught for 14 different PEDs. 14 drugs, man. Fuck me. <laughs> 14 different fucking PEDs. And purely caught by buying his shit online for China. And that's where the Russians were getting their shit for. So the Chinese were getting fucking fed up, so they started then contaminating the fucking drugs. And so the Russians were then getting caught. So, you know, always love fear and love and war. Why did they get it on Alibaba or something? Well, listen, look at us now, man. 25 weeks later, just the time for the fight. I've got a fight coming up where you hurry up and send it. Look at us now, we're fucking dependent on China for mobile phones, tablets. You know, pharmaceuticals, PEDs, <laughs> fucking China, man, they're giving us COVID, they're giving us the fucking whole shebang. All oh, right, let's move on, boys, because we're going to have to finish up for the night. So, everybody happy with Joel Big Baby Miller winning then, yes? yes? without doubt. <laughs> without doubt. Congratulations, Big Baby, your belly of the week. We took a few twists and turns, but we got there in the end, episode 379. Quick shout out to one of our listeners. Top Patreon subscriber as well over on patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. Steve Turton, he has his own podcast. There's a bit of betting on there, a bit of boxing, a lot of football. Uh, there's a bit of racing and snooker as well. My conversations with the Pope, it's called. I was listening to you during the week. It's very, very good. It's on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Steve Turton, Scouser himself. It's a good listen. Go over and subscribe now, everybody. Steve, hope you well. Anything else, boys, before we get out of there? I think we're doing, aren't we? <laughs> bit of bean. Should we play it with? I'll play it with a bit of bean right at the end. Thanks for everybody for joining us. Ozzy, Andy, rapping Rob Kelly, Sean Edwards jumped on the call. So did Chris uh, Jenkins and Luke Pierce. We'll be back again for next week, episode three eighty. I've been Steve Wellings. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Here he is. Bean. Could have been. Could have been. Should have been. Never been. Baked bean. Creepy bean. Beanie. Rumple still skin. We're on to you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.